Welcome everyone to podcast episode number 61 of Calling of the Power Ring. I am your co-host, your friend in need, your friend in arms, Matt Turner. With me as always, my good buddy, Blue Justice himself, Ooh. Andy Heather. <laughs> Yuji Nagata. Hello, hello. Uh, I was going to hate you with that. <laughs> hello, hello. Hello, 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 hello. hello. Well, yeah, know, you, you are getting ready to go on vacation, so you got all packed up, ready to go? Yeah, or? I got everything just about ready. I just got to unhook my computer, which I'm using right now. So I take that with me and uh, my PlayStation so we can have the network and uh, and my fire sticks. I watched uh, the final G1 night down there, down at the beach. So Yeah, it's this podcast, I know we were just talking before we went on the air, it's going to be very wrestling heavy just because one, there's really not too much comic stuff that came out. Even me, I only had seven or eight books, uh, which usually I have like 15. So there's not much to talk about there, but we do have to talk about um, obviously the NXT show. We have SummerSlam. We have the final three nights of the G1, which is uh, yeah. the eight block final, which is which will be happening in a couple hours. Uh, as we record this at about seven o'clock at night, uh, then we have the B block, which will be on Saturday, and then uh, Monday is the actual final. And what's funny is I always take the day uh, after SummerSlam off because I usually go to the beach or plus SummerSlam's like you know gets over around eleven or twelve. So that'll work out perfect because that is the G1 final. So I will probably be going to bed 11 or 12 and waking up around 4 or 5. There you go. To, to watch the final of G1. And then um, I don't even know if I'm going to the beach. So if I am, I am. I am not. So, so <laughs> that turned go. out perfect. So there's a lot of wrestling. Not only that, but uh, it, when we get done filming this, I'm going to jump on the iPad and get on Fight Network. The Ring of Honor show, which is headlined. Uh, it, it, I'm not sure what the main event is. They have it. They have it. As it's either probably gonna, I'm assuming it's gonna be the Briscoes and Gorillas of Destiny. Mm-hmm. That's uh, a little bit stronger than Alex Shelley versus Matt Taven. Yeah, because if Alex Shelley and Matt Taven for the heavyweight title, I think Shelley's just there to make Taven look good. That's what I'm uh, thinking. Yeah, I, I would like Alex Shelley to win, but I don't. I don't see it. Yeah, I mean it could. I mean they're not drawn well. They're not. I mean they didn't. This and, is the first time yeah. they ran the they, they ran the Hammerstein about a month or so ago. And it's the first, not only did they not sell out, I think they sold like 500 tickets. Ooh, you know, they, they usually, it's usually over over 2,000. That's probably a wash at the Hammerstein, too, what you pay for rent alone. You know, probably don't cover that. From what I understand is you have to, in order for you to make money, you have to sell out that building to pay for the building and the talent. Oh, so and, the, and then the, the yeah, and pay for the, the staff of the building and everything. Yeah, they said the UK shows where the buildings they were running, they hold a little over 1,000. They were hoping to draw seven or 800. And it was, I think, like 200, 300, and 300. So, not looking good for my uh, my old hometown promotion. Yeah. Right I, mean, I just think they got to shake things up. You know, they're really in a they slump got- right now. I mean, I, yeah, I think the, the new booking would help. Definitely. I Yeah, I totally agree. I was talking to, I know... I know my buddy Jeff Schwartz over at the Image and Hagedorn's podcast, the Honorable Mention, he cannot stand the booking. I was just talking, he's a huge Alex Shelley fan. I was talking to him about an hour or two ago. I said, you think they're going to flip the belt over? He said, absolutely not, because that would be the smart thing to do. <laughs> they need to change the book. He cannot, I don't know if you li- if you listen to their review of the uh, G1 Supercar, they were sitting in the front row. and as Yeah, I did listen was, to that, uh, yeah. Ha- yeah, Hagedorn wasn't there. He was sitting in the front row, and I guess as Delirious was doing his running around the ring entrance, he was yelling, "Quit! Be fired! Yeah. The worst booker they ever had! Please stop!" He does not like him at all. And then it got Bubba Ray booking, and uh, somebody else who I forget, but I, it's I don't know. It's just not good right now. They're kind of booking who they who they're in relationships with, or who they're who they like, or rather than just good talent. I don't know. Well, their global war shows. Ever since they started doing them. 
Final Fantasy two years ago was always Ring of Honor New Japan Presents, but they just announced this past week, I think actually the day after we recorded last podcast, it's Ring of Honor and CMLL. Yeah. So New Japan has nothing to do with the global war. Yeah, I think, so, they, I think so. they've kind of silently pulled out of the partnership because like, it, all in the G1, when Jeff Cobb comes out, they don't say a word about ROH. So, yep. and, and now, my, the, NW, the NWA has pulled out. And yeah. I maybe that had something to do with uh, they kind of just maybe want to distance himself from Ring of Honor, but Billy Corgan released a five-minute YouTube clip, and he uh, he was very, um, for those who don't know Billy Corgan, the lead singer of the Smashing Pumpkins, who's a huge wrestling fan, purchased the NWA. It's actually doing really, I mean, the NWA is more relevant now than it's been in the last, I don't know, 10, 12 years. Yeah. And he released a very, I mean, it was it was very well done YouTube video where he thanked Ring of Honor for helping. He said, we really haven't run a show by ourselves since, you know, the last X amount of years. He said, now it's time to breathe on our own. He said, they're going to start running shows in the uh, Atlanta and Carolina area. Oh, that's cool. The Atlantic area, yeah. yeah. So, so uh, and speaking of the NWA, uh, we, we, we didn't get a chance to mention last week, and I really didn't want to talk about it last week because obviously I was talking about the passing of my grandmother but we do I do want to touch upon the passing of one of the greatest NWA champions of all time the one and only Mr. Handsome Harley Race mm-hmm. yeah it's a, yeah. I think he passed away last Monday I think it was I don't know it was somewhere around there and uh yeah. what, what was he 70 yeah. I don't know I gotta go, he was 74 I think somewhere around there 70, 76 wow is that something? Yeah, and I know he wasn't doing good for a while. I think he had lung cancer or something. Um, but yeah, because and, and, Flair was saying that he wasn't doing good like the past couple of while. But man, talk about a, a, an NWA champion. He kind of lived before my time. I mean, I, I know him best as uh, being Vader's manager and see him for a hot minute in WWE when he was King Harley Race. But I mean, yeah, one of the great NWA champions of all time. That was going to be my... my uh my question to you, sir, is when was the person who saw Harley Race? Now, I would read the wrestling magazines. If we ever went on a trip somewhere, we're in the grocery store. I would read the wrestling magazines. I watched very, very little of the NWA. I watched, you know, obviously I was a WWF guy, but I would read the magazines and the, the people that would stand out in the magazines to me that weren't WWF guys were flair mm-hmm. because of how he looked. Great mood of Sting because of the face paint. And then you would always hear something about this Harley Race guy. So then when he came over to WWF, I vaguely remember him winning the King of the Ring, but what I remember him for is my first memory of part of the race, but what I remember other than the magazines was him and Hogan, Saturday Night's Made Event, when he went to go do the diving headbutt off the apron through the table onto Hogan. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and obviously he ate the whole entire table. Yeah, so. it's like, oh, they always said he was one of the toughest guys ever, you know? <laughs> so Flair would say, just send Harley out there, that'd be all right. You know, but, uh... Did you... Yeah, now that he was very well respected in Japan, uh, have you ever heard the story where... The NWA paid Harley's rate to go to Japan for Flair because they were going to shoot, take the NWA belt off Flair. Did you ever hear no, about No, no, that's that's funny I, though. I think I think Flair talks about when he inducted Harley into the Hall of Fame. I mean, it was actually funny. It was the same year as WrestleMania 20. It was, it was the night before him and Heenan were in the, went in the Hall of Fame at the same time. Mm-hmm. Heenan gets up there and he says, "When they told when I when they called me to say you're going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, and I said, who else is going to be in the class?" And they mentioned Harley, and I said, are we even being inducted or indicted into the Hall of Fame? <laughs> That's so, funny. Flair mentions the story that, I guess, that like a day or two before, they tell, they give, they, they smart and break up, and they say they want to shoot, take the belt off you. He was working with Jungle Saruta. Now, Saruta was the guy who passed the torch mm-hmm. in the early 90s to Masawa, and that kicked off the whole King's Road thing. But, um, so, the, the story goes, 
is that they were going to shoot, try to take the belt off. So they were like, well, what are we going to do? The booking's already there, and Flair already wanted to go, because Flair left on Japan. He's like, we'll send Harley with him. So he called Harley up like the night before, and he's like, hey, who are you working with? He goes, I'll tell you when we get to the airport. So they get to the airport, and they're drinking the whole entire way to, uh, to Tokyo, and he says, yeah, I don't work with anybody. I'm literally going to sit at ringside and make sure they, they don't take the belt off. <laughs> so... He's like, really? He's like, yeah, don't worry. He goes, what if they fast count? What if they do this? What if they do that? Like, Saruta's like a legit badass. Like, he's a legit, you know, shooter. He's a, he's a disciple from Babu. He's a disciple from Ricky Dozen. And he's like, don't worry. I'll defuse it. Don't worry. So I guess, like, right as Flair was getting ready to go out, he looked at, he basically looked at everybody and he goes, if anybody gets in my way of doing what I need to do, he's like, I'll leave you laying in the middle of the ring and kill your business. <laughs> so I get, they, Flair had no idea what to do and they just told him, he goes, Kenny, you, you just keep wrestling until you ring the bell. So they hear the bell. So they went, I think they went up going 60 minutes, but yeah, they had that, so. <laughs> wow, yeah, and Harley was there. That's what I said, he was a tough guy. And I, there's yeah. so many stories that I heard over the podcast with the way it's like, what's your finish, kid? And then they'll tell him, that great, I'll move. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> no, 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 no. He, he would say, what's like, okay, say I'm working you, you're finishing yeah. Falcon Arrow. So I'm like, Andy had what's your finish? Like, Falcon Arrow. He's like, okay, great, kid. I'll beat you with it. I'll see you out there. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. If you get a chance to listen to Jim Rossi's podcast, they were supposed to do something on Sable oh, this week. Oh yeah, that, it. yeah, yeah. It's like a three-hour tribute to Harley, and it's great. And, my, and there's some, there's some. I won't ruin it all. I know you have a lot of driving coming up soon, so definitely, uh, definitely, you know, put the earbuds in to listen to. But this one story, and it's well known. You may even heard it. Is whenever WWF was coming to St. Louis, Harley would call up up the boys. They come on over. We'll have a cookout. Yeah, I mean, it's like really, like really famous chili. You made this really great chili. Well. One time he got a phone because his wife goes, Oh, Harley, someone was on the phone. So he left, and Owen put three bottles of insanely hot hot sauce in it, like ruined the chili. So Harley figured out real quick who it was. So, like, the next night on Raw or the house show or whatever, Harley drove like an hour to whatever building they were going to, saw Owen, told Owen he knew that he did it, and tased him, and then left. <laughs> That's what I just said. <laughs> he probably just took it and said, Well, it's Harley, what am I going to do? You know? That's yeah, true. Yeah, two pranks on the two pranks. And, you know, and he, you know, obviously, he loved Owen and the Hart family. But I thought it was, you got to get him back. You know, it's like, I knew it was you, tased him. That was the end of it. That's funny. Yeah, so good stuff. But, I mean, he's a guy that I he'll definitely live on forever. And I actually just bought off of Heights Spots this four-hour Harley race uh, DVD that it should be coming in the mail either today oh, or wow. tomorrow. So That's cool. I'm excited to see because he was really the master of ring psychology. I yeah. Think. I mean, that's one thing. I mean, his finish, one of his finishers was just a, a vertical suplex. Yeah, talking about that. I mean, back then, there wasn't many crazy uh, finishers like there is now, but still, like, vertical suplex, they finish him off with that. And he used to do the headboard off the top rope and everything. So Yeah, he was one of the first ones. He was one of the first ones. So, um, I'm pretty, you know, it's... And he was, uh, what, six-time NWA champion? Eight. Eight times. Eight, eight time. Oh, my God. Of course, the way he lost to Ric Flair, that's probably the most memorable because Flair's first title win was from Harley. He basically Starcade gave one. Yeah, he gave him uh, he gave him the rub. He basically and and Harley knew he was. And Harley had never had a problem putting anybody over. And like, like he knew Flair was the guy coming up, and Harley was slowly in his way out. And they weren't sure who they were going to put it to. Because if you remember, the, back then the NWA they did a vote with all the promoters, and Harley went to the promoters and he was like, "I put my stamp on Rick Flair. He's the future of the business." And boy, he was he sure was right. Yeah, ain't that something? He actually helped uh, Bobby Fish. Really? Over into Noah. Well, he yeah, was still training done. people, like, up until, like, I guess a month ago, right? Yeah. He, um, 
from what Bobby was telling me, obviously me and Bobby started, and he was uh, Bobby Trish was a student of Tony DeVito, and we were student of Punks, and we were doing a ring crew together. And it's funny because now he's like the legendary ROH figure, and now you know in NXT. So he was telling us the story that he got t- he got tapped on the show that Harley was doing in Missouri. Harley was doing a camp, and they were sending people over to know it that if he went, that you know Harley really liked the stuff when he saw him in Ring of Honor. And that he, if he went and did well there, that he would get a job over at Noah. So he flew himself out to, you know, St. Louis or Kansas City or wherever Harley's school was. And he was there for two or three days. And Harley, you know, gave a thumbs up and called, uh, I think it was, I think Kobashi was doing the thing. Kobashi or Marifuji was doing the talent. He got Bobby a job over there, you know, at Noah. And then when he came back from Noah, us and Ring of Honor had the worst working relationship with Noah. When the front office at Ring of Honor found out he got picked to go over to Noah, and he was over there for two months, three months, whatever it was, he came back, he was pretty much a made man. Oh, that's, that ain't that great? That's awesome. So, but yeah, sad, but he's a guy that'll live on forever, but definitely, you know, I know you got a lot of drive. To be up yeah, I, I had that podcast on my list of stuff to listen to, so, you know, why not? Yeah. There's some really good stuff. Last, last story on Harley Race, and you probably heard it, made, it made the rounds, is... Trevor Murdoch, who's one of Harley's oh, yeah. best students and a close friend, yeah, he basically, they were trying to figure out how they're going to fly Harley from Atlanta to Kansas City, because that's obviously where they want, he Harley wanted to spend his last remaining days, and it wasn't covered by his Medicare, his Medicare right, coverage, yeah. so it's like, how are we going to get him over there, and we're, yeah, all of a sudden, 10 minutes later, this it's paid for, like, but it was like WWE, and like, they didn't want any acknowledgement from it, they didn't want any praise. Yeah, they were like, hey, look what we did, you know? Yeah, the cool that. thing is to knock WWE. Think about it. Harley never was never a WWE guy. He was an NWA yeah, guy. I think it was just the respect of the business that that's Yeah, that, that, that's that's classy move because he was only in WWE for maybe a year back in the day. He fought it. He fought sports entertainment tooth and nail yeah. until he realized, like, okay, you know, get out on the off my career. They're gonna pay me more money than pretty much anybody in the NWA ever did, and I'm really not gonna have to do much. And, yeah, you know, Holden was was drawing the crowds there. So. Yeah, and he was there kind of at the tail end of his career because once he left there, he was basically right in WCW managing Lex Luger and then Vader. Yeah, not too much after. But yeah, definitely get a chance to listen to that. But uh, let's go into, I guess, some comic stuff. Like I said, I know this is, I apologize to listeners that uh, want to listen to comic stuff. Obviously, it's wrestling heavy, uh, wrestling heavy week, and not too much comic stuff coming up. Do you have any news or anything that you want to talk about? I'll, I'll, I'll search real quick. I just wanted to talk about. Uh, Absolute Carnage. I heard it's really good, and it, you said seven ninety nine. My friend, another guy, texted me and said it's really good—a horror thriller book. But I went to my comic shop, and uh, they were closed. They didn't post anything on Facebook. So I'm a little hot. It's like, well, we went there. It was near where we go to the discount grocery store to get stuff at the beach. But um, yeah, I they, you get hot about anything. Yeah, I've known you for the better part of ten years. I've never seen you get mad yeah. at anything. Well, I mean, I'm not like, oh, but like if I would have drove there just for that, I would have been a little upset because like. They, they go to comic cons right and sometimes the son stays behind to run the shop or sometimes they're the mom but this time they all went to i guess there's a con in jersey or baltimore not baltimore comic con but a smaller one but they want to go get some books signed and stuff which is cool but like, yeah. yeah but um apparently they left yesterday morning and they didn't post on the facebook that'd be gone t- yesterday today and tomorrow i'm like maybe you should post on the facebook and said hey we're not open because like i'm sure i'm not the only person that came there but it, it sucks i didn't get my books last week because they you know, like usually go every two or three weeks so I didn't get them last week. I didn't get them this week because they weren't open. I'm at the beach next week, so I'm not getting them then. Oh, boy. And so when I go, I might be a month. If I don't go, like, when I get back Saturday, I think I might go the Sunday. Because if I don't go to that Wednesday, that's four. That's a month week's, a month's worth of books. So here's how the podcast is. We're probably going to go. We're probably going to have to do one. 
on rest on summer WWE weekend. We're gonna do one on the G one. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna do a solo one just by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's what I read for a month. Like, oh, it sucks. I'll have absolute carnage. I'll have uh, powers of X or House of X, whatever the the one that I didn't get is, and like all the other books. It's like, wow, man. That's why I was hoping. Like, I didn't, if had I known they were going to this con, I would have tried to sneak down Wednesday night or Thursday night to to get my books, and that way I wouldn't be so behind. So I'm like, ugh, just, uh, I mean, they're, they're good people. I guess they just slipped their mind. Maybe they, they they post a video every Wednesday of like new books that come out. A lot of places do that. And maybe they said it in that. I didn't watch that video because I'm like, ah, see when I go down there. But, uh, you know, post something on your Facebook. Hooked on Comics in Myerstown. I mean, they're, they're nice people. It's a great store, but post when you're closed, please. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, guess, I guess I'll use this opportunity to put over my comic book store. My comic book store is over 365, even on not unless it's like bad weather and they'll post something like, hey, we're closing, come get yeah. a lot of time. That, that, that understandable. will text me or call me or he'll send a message on Facebook and say, hey, we're closing earlier. Blah, 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 you know, let me know what I'm going to do with, my, with the book. So they're excellent about that. And they even, they shorted me um, uh, House of X. So I was like, hey, no problem. Like, it'll be here Friday. Come here first Friday morning. I'm like, guys, just put it in my bag. It's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess something happened with the shipping because of, you know, I said, I'll just read the next two back-to-back. It's fine. I said, you know, and that's the way I like, uh, you know, talking about Hickman. I do yeah. want to talk about uh, two TV shows real quick. Okay. Uh, Legion, I'm four episodes behind, and I figured this is the last season. It's getting really, really weird. I mean, it's really in-depth. But they're starting, uh, David, the guy who basically, you know, plays uh, plays Legion. Mm-hmm. His, he's starting to go to flashbacks. They show him as a kid, and they show his parents. And from what I understand, you know, his dad is Professor X, so they don't flat out say it. Like, I haven't heard Charles yet. Okay. He's starting to show more and more with his parents. I don't know who his mother is, though. Like, from the comics, I Is it Moira? I think that's what, that's my guess. I think, I think it is. Isn't it David Holler or something like that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I'm behind on that. Like I said, I was like, oh, that's, I literally, when I watch, I kind of have it on when I'm reading comics or doing something, just so I kind of have an idea what's up. You know, if there's something that I need to see, someone will tap me on social media about it. And I'm two episodes on Behind Shield, and they finally are starting to figure out what happened with Coulson. Turns out that he actually did get killed by Loki in the first Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. And this is just somebody that's kind of, like, taking over his body. And everything that happened the last, like, two or three seasons are, are memories that happened to his team that he filled in memories in. Oh, like, he huh. had, like, he had this relationship with May from... But- last season and like no it wasn't you it was the relationship that she had with this person so it's like now that I'm like ooh you know now I found they're kind of getting into, into a, a plot point I thought this was the last season but next season's the last basically this season there's going to be 12 episodes next season's going to be 8 where I think like the second season was like 20 some episodes so like, they may just kind of split them up yeah okay hmm. so yeah. like finally they're, they're, at least they're kind of doing something like, I figured I invested this much time but I may as well kind of <laughs> might as well finish through. it off man yeah, kind of like that with Arrow, and uh, I guess Walking Dead, you know, that TV show is going to Yeah, I mean, they, they'll probably try to keep it going as long as they possibly can, but I'm going to say, what, now the comic's done, maybe they'll get a season or two, and then after that, it'll probably, probably be about it. Because, I mean, the show isn't doing what it did, and, you know, if the fans are like, oh, the comic's done, then I ain't watched the show, because what they're going to talk about, or, you know. So, that's my yeah. uh, prediction for it, anyway. Well, we'll see what happens. Yeah, you never we know. Shall, we shall see what happens, sir. Maybe the comic. No, I see. I that. think they're going to. I what? see a reboot of the comic and say, and, and I, I see, I see Vertigo getting 
Oh yeah, I, I, I see that. Especially with uh, what's it next year or the year after is the 20th anniversary of Vertigo or 25th or something like that. You know, they're gonna be like, hey, 25th anniversary, uh, anniversary of Vertigo. Here's a, uh, you know, all the re redone um, super editions of uh, Preacher and uh, uh, what's that? What's the other big Vertigo book? Ah, it's slipping my mind right now. Anyway, you know what I mean. Yep. They're gonna do all that special stuff to be like, hey, celebrate the 25 years of Vertigo, rather than just that eh, never happened. <laughs> Read your black label books. That's what it is, basically. That's basically what it is. I think it's the second issue of The Last Night on Earth. Remember how I really enjoyed the first issue, especially the first like ten or twelve pages. Yeah. And I got a, I, re I read it twice. I don't know if I got distracted with something. The G one was on. I flipped through it twice, and I forget what happened. I just remember I really enjoyed the uh, the art, the you know full of art. I mm -hmm. think it did make me feel. Like, uh, the new 52, which basically I know that was the team, but I gotta flip through it again. Yeah, I didn't get the second issue. I read the first issue. I know they do that swerve where you think it was all gonna be, like, in the prison and Batman's in jail and it's all in his mind. It's it all in his mind. Somebody pitched that idea, like, ten years ago, I heard. Really? I mean, that's... I would read that book, but then, they, then, they, then it gets out and it's, like, post-apocalyptic, uh, Gotham. Yeah. So, yeah, I wonder where it's gonna go. That's only supposed to be three issues. Yeah, um... I think it's six. It could be wrong. Is it? Oh, okay. I'm seeing three. Maybe it is three. I know they're double or triple issues, so maybe that's what yeah. it is. So. Well, maybe technically it would be six regular issues. Yeah. Did you find any news there, sir, that you wanted to discuss? Uh, did you see that new Black Widow book coming out? Uh, Web of Black Widow, it's called? I, I, I added it to my pool. I don't know if it if it's supposed to be ongoing or not. I have it here. Uh, written by Jody Hauser and artist Stephen Mooney. Uh, the cover looks really cool. And then I asked the shop that they can get me out while someone's that down. And they go, oh, that's the variant. And I go, well, what is it? And that's the one in 50. I'm like, oh, no, thanks. I'll just take the regular one. Because, <laughs> you know, the one in 50 is usually 50 bucks. But the art looks really cool. Um, I'm, seeing, I'm trying to see if it's uh, an ongoing or not. But you figure, hey, she has a movie coming out soon. Well, in the, within, I guess it's next year. So why not put her in a, a book? Of course. But I think it's only six issues. But I, I would say it's a, but the, the Mark Wade run that she had, what, that was about 12 issues? The last one? I think it was only six. Oh, was it? Oh wow! I was thinking no, it was more. no, there was a, there was a black the Mark Wade one. I think was about twenty, but there was a one. Oh yeah, that one where she's the No Restraints play one with the Soska sisters. That one was only like five or six. But the Mark Wade one was pretty good. They were both good. I like the Mark Wade one a little bit more. But it doesn't really say. It says this one will be starting September fourth of the character's uh, solo film. Okay, apparently her, 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 her solo film is going to be May first, twenty twenty. So you think this would be an ongoing, but it, it doesn't really say anywhere here. Unless I'm totally missing it. But it looks pretty good. I'm going to check it out at least. Get the first issue. And then another thing I've seen is that Lady Death has a new Kickstarter out. And there are some pretty sweet covers. Like Mark Brooks does a cover. But it, they're only doing a print. You can't get a, that a cover, which is weird. And uh, I was like, I kind of want that on a cover. But I was thinking, well, maybe he'll have it in New York. And there's a cool cover that they spoof... Um, uh, Infinity Gauntlet, where it's Lady Death holding the gauntlet, but instead the Infinity Gems, they're little coffins. <laughs> they're colored oh, like that. Oh, that's, that's, that's Vampirella. That, you know, that Vampirella is kind of new game. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going through now looking at it. I, I didn't uh, pledge yet, but as long as you like buy any physical um, reward, like so basically it starts like 20 bucks and up, you get all these like cool extra things that they throw in. Like every time they hit a, a goal on uh, Kickstarter, it'll be like, let's say, $1,000 and $2,000. Like, so you get uh, an extra issue of like Lady Death and Lingerie, where it's just all scandalous art, but like stickers, uh, guitar pick, different prints, a little metal card. So it's cool that they throw in all these little 
extra things. Then Brian Polito signs it, and usually whoever did the art sign it. Like, uh, you know that, uh, the Emma Frost uh, commission I got done last year in New York? Yes. Yeah, that was, uh, by Sora Sung. Yeah, yeah. So she she's doing a cover. She actually does the jeweled cover, and it looks pretty sweet. So there's a lot, and there's a lot of people. Uh, Alfred Trujillo, him and Kara doing a cover. And then, uh, then look at that. And then for the Infinite Gauntlet one, it says the Coffin Obsession in the same exact font as Infinite Gauntlet. Infinite Gauntlet. And it's pretty cool. Like the art is almost exactly the same. Just they swap out the characters for Lady Death and like devils and stuff. So I'm probably gonna pledge this and get and get the Sora cover. The, the, that Infinite, Infinite Gauntlet one's pretty sweet. He seems. He, I think he's at New York every year, and I know. I think I was there the one time. Yeah, yeah, he was there the he one. Like he wasn't there last year, but he is really cool, and he's a big metal fan. Yeah, he seems like a really cool guy. Yeah, he's usually really nice to fans and everything. And then I posted last year. I was like, "Hey, you gonna be in New York?" He's like, "No." I was like, oh, "I want to get a sign." He's like, "Oh, we'll get you. We'll get you eventually." I'm like, "Cool, man." Well, Scott Blair posted uh, something on his Twitter saying, "I sold out these prints the last two shows. So I reprinted them for my return in New York in yeah. October after NYCC." And one of them was the Alexa Bliss Venom. Yeah, which uh, was pretty cool. Yeah, he said, I guess he sells it all the time. I guess he's going to be in New York. He wasn't there last year. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't there. He missed it. But uh, I, I messaged him, and I said uh, I wanted to get an Elvira thing uh, commission done. And he goes, okay, well, well, message me beforehand so I could draw it maybe beforehand. Because he said he's going to have a press booth this year, so he might not have as much time to do art. So maybe if you want to get somebody by Scott Blair this year, message him like sometime in September, and he can get it done. So that way we just pick it up there. Yeah, I'll do a Chris Evans cap. Yeah, because really good face. I have a, uh, I have a, a Downey Iron Man on the wall. Remember the comic? There you go. Yeah, if you haven't seen Scott Blair's art, just go on Facebook or Instagram. Type in Scott Blair art. He gets celebrities like almost exactly. He is so good. Did I ever tell you how I came across him? No. I was looking something up on. It was MySpace. How long ago it was? He started by doing wrestling. So the first one he wrestled, he got. It was right after I graduated Ring of Honor. He said, well, a really cool one of Punk. And I mm-hmm. showed it to Punk, and he said he, he contacted them or something for information. And he did a really cool one of Dusty. And then he started doing UFC fighting with Anderson Silva and Chuck Liddell. And I bought my one buddy a print. He's a giant Chuck Liddell fan for him. This is definitely before I met Amber. So I mean, you're talking about well over 10 years ago. So that's how I came across him. And then ordering like the. The UFC prints off, and then I saw the one in New York Comic Con, and I just started getting. I'm trying to. I have a Red Sonia, I have an Iron Man, I have a Wonder Woman. I'm trying to think what else I have. I want to say I have four or five from it. Yeah, and then remember, remember Ashley got. Uh, did you get Luke Skywalker? Or did she I got get? Luke Skywalker. Yeah. That's what it is. I forget what, what Ashley got last year. Norm always gets Harley Quinn. I got Linda Carter, Wonder Woman. Then I got Alexa Bliss and She Hulk. And remember, he uh, put She Hulk with the world title because we were talking wrestling beforehand. Because big wrestling fan, which is pretty cool. And he did the cover for uh, was it uh. Hardcore Homecoming, the ECW reunion show that was like right around the yeah, time. That's of, right. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, so he did that, which which I didn't even know, and I was like, oh man, that's awesome. And I went back and looked at it, and like, yeah, that's Scott Blair totally, but I didn't know at the time Hardcore Homecoming came out because I had no idea who he was. But yeah. I definitely want to get the Elvira uh, commission, especially since they have an Elvira blank now. There you go. There you go, sir. Um, I'm going to get into what I read. Go ahead, because there's really, I'm looking on News and Rama, and there's really not much comic news about new books, new Gwenpool book coming out. That's about it. And it says, um, if, you find, if, you, if you find it, like, there's only uh, seven books there. That's all five books. If, okay. if you find something, you can just, just go. Uh, Daredevil, A minus, opens up with the age old question. It's basically read and um, 
Reed and Matt talking about what is, what what's real, the Big Bang Theory, or or God actually existing. Mm. And it kind of makes sense. I never thought about this. Is because obviously Matt is a big you know church going person. And Reed is a big uh, science person. Yeah. So I thought right there, I'm like, this is you know a whole bunch of other stuff, like really cool stuff that happened in the comic book. Like, yeah. This gets an A for me just from that. Yeah, two sides of the coin I'm, there. Yeah, it really. And I'm a pretty religious person. I don't preach or push my religion on anybody. My sister is not. She has the whole science theory, and it's it, it, you know it's a cool you know it's, it, it, those I think those are really cool theories. And it's yeah. basically the two of them just sitting in the in a New York park playing chess, like debating. Like the five or, yeah, the first five or six pages, they basically <laughs> talk they talk about that. And you know, like I said, it's continuing the story. Chips and Dust is doing the home run. Uh, Future Foundation. I, I my guys just threw this in the book. This was a B. Is that ongoing? Or is that just like a six issue mini? I think it's going to be a six-issue mini. I just don't see it being ongoing. It's basically I, a fun n- story why. where Yano is basically kind of almost like a guest teacher of the Future Foundation. It was fun, but nothing to write home about. Star Wars was a solid A. The low rebel like basically tells Luke that she knows things about the Force. She obviously doesn't have the Force, but she basically kind of teaches him a little bit how to you know use the Force before he goes into his actual real training with Yoda. And there's more fun with uh, more fun and shenanigans with Han and Leia, which is always uh, fun. Which you know, obviously, we know how that relationship turns out, and you know where it goes yeah. after Episode Six, and then you know, you know, obviously, they have they have been together. So you see like these little flirty things between the two of them. They're like, oh, they're going to get together and marry, get married, and have a kid. So I I really enjoy that the little nuances in the comics. Batman, this was the best issue in probably about four or five weeks. This was solid. A Tim Drake and Damien are back to help Ooh. Batman. And the City of Bane storyline and Catwoman shows up. Basically, it looks like she's begging for forgiveness from Bruce. Mm, that's so weird. maybe they will get married. Yeah, Justice well, League have, Justice have their own League. book coming out. Do that. Yeah, but the Batman and Catwoman books coming out uh, soon next month, the month after. Because uh, there's a Batman Superman book with Joshua Williamson. Yeah, which I'm definitely getting that. Yeah, there's Batman Catwoman who uh, is going to be written by Tom King because you know how he's jumping off Batman. So it's the issues that would have been Batman issues are now going to be Batman Catwoman. Oh. I believe art is by Clay Mann. So that's like, huh, I'm definitely getting that. The song from, or the album from In Flames. Yeah, Clay. Yeah. Of all time. All right. Uh, Justice League, I know I said I was going to drop this. I forgot to pull up on my pull list. And that is my fault. I was not going to put it back because then my <laughs> comic shop would have to eat it. I just see Scott Snyder was back on the book, so B minus definitely off my pull list because <laughs> the master master plan is revealed to take down the mighty Justice League. Andy had We're talking about Wonder Woman. We're talking about Flash. We're talking about Batman. We're talking about Superman. So what evil villains are going to team up? You have Brainiac. Oh, I like him. Starro and Jaro. Okay. They're going to team up to take down the mighty Justice League. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's, like, that's like having three job guys trying to take down the Road Warriors in 89. Yeah. I mean, I, they had that one, uh, what was it, the No Justice series when Starro, but he was a good guy in that. But sometimes they'd fight like they'd have them books. Like in the 80s or 70s where they'd fight one of them off villains. And it's like the whole book they can't get him and then finally they get the villain and obviously kick his ass. So... I don't know. Yeah, I'm getting them. Um, I'm doing stuff. Um, It's not like she said she was doing punishment. Apparently, we're going to be having s'mores, but probably not. Okay. I don't know. No problem. We'll run in there. Um, let's see. Where was uh? Yeah, you know, I don't mind. Like, obviously, these guys, these little villains, get a little heat. 
But like, you know, I, I don't see that the Jabbers working a, a program with the new defenders. That's basically where this is going. I, I, to me, it's just not believable. I mean, I know it's not like Yeah. I don't know. I, I haven't been getting. I fell off Justice League a while, and I haven't been getting it. So I, it's it's weird for you know a book that should be their A plus book. It's kind of just okay. It's not must yeah. read by any means. Yeah, but what they're doing over at Avengers, and that's what should be the flagship for many reasons. And it's, it's really fun. My favorite book that's out. Yeah, I mean Avengers is great. I mean you got, got Joshua, uh, uh, Josh Williams, uh, Jason Aaron on it. I mean you could put a top writer on it, and the art's always good. It's usually um, uh, Ed McGinnis. So I mean, why not have your flagship team have some of your best? You know, creators on it. I don't. I don't know why. You know, I mean, Scott yeah. Skyler is great, but I don't know. The book's just not. It, it, you don't hear like, oh, dude, we gotta read Justice League. It's so good. You know. I think they should put Joshua Williamson on it because he's the he's the yeah. he's the Donny Cates on DC. He is. Yeah. Like, let's say he gets off Flash. Like, maybe I don't want to spread him too thin. Or maybe he does Flash and Justice League at the same time. Yeah, and then maybe he can intertwine the stories and make it make sense. Yeah. There we go. Here we go. For my book of the week, Shock of No One, Absolute Carnage. When I looked at. Uh, on my Facebook page and my comic shop, they had a zillion variants, and one of them was a blank, and they always throw me a blank. So I figured, okay, well, let's see how much the book is, because maybe I'll just get the blank issue and just read the issue on the blank. And when I realized it was seven ninety nine, I was like, you got to be kidding me, so I got to pay $16 for both these books. However, it was a short week, so I did pick up a, 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 it was a regular, it was a variant. They charged me coverage for hitting with it, so I had two absolute carnages, you know, obviously one was the blank. This was, it was worth every penny of my eight dollars. You know, every penny of my sixteen dollars. <laughs> Let me put that way. I'm not going to ruin it for you. I'm just going to kind of get the synopsis. Uh, Spider-Man and Venom, they team up to try to take down Carnage. All of, kind of like what happened in the National Carnage in the 90s. However, their Cletus has a host of Carnages. And one of the Simrionites, Simrionites looks like it's going to take over the returning of the Red Goblin. Mm. So there's a lot of really good Peter stuff in there as well. Uh, Donny Gates, does a, you know, you get him writing. Obviously, from what I didn't, I only read a couple issues of his Venom series. I really like that he's half of mine. Dad to my pull list. So you get Donny Gates writing Spider-Man here. He does an absolute, excellent, excellent job. I, I I know we said we wanted Jason Aaron writing Spider-Man. You know, in the near future, I wouldn't be heartbroken if uh, that job goes to Donny Gates. Mm, yeah, well, why not? He's he's like their hottest artist right now. Well, well writer, eh, creator, whatever. So, hey, why not? I wanted to do some throwbacks to, like Maximum Carnage, like some of the some of the off the wall characters. I know some of the weird Carnage people are in it, like Shriek and uh, I forget that girl's name. It looks like a black metal chick. I forget her name totally. Not Shriek. Shriek's the uh, the girl symbiote. No, but, I don't know, but I guess I text you as soon as I got this book was eight eight bucks, but it's it's a triple issue. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's bigger, which which you know, okay, if it's bigger, I don't mind paying, and I don't think all the absolute cards are gonna be seven ninety nine. Probably the next one, probably, I would assume be down to four ninety nine, maybe five ninety nine at most. I, it's only a limited edition of four, four issues. Which oh, is another reason why my my shop shut up the counter, uh, downtown Pennsylvania, Union Boulevard. I was gonna say I might add this to my pool list. But it says, right, it gives what my, my shop does is absolute carnage and it gives the team and it's L4, which means limited edition 4. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so if there's only four issues, then, yeah, I'm going to be on board for these next three Yeah, I, I, I told my shop to pull for me, so they're going to have a cover. I might get a, a, dip of a, a weird variant down at the beach because there's a store down there, and I want to read it, so <laughs> I want to wait. Yeah, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy it. That's all that I read. 
Good sir, was there anything uh, conflict-wise or anything else you find out, anything you want to talk about before you get into all the rest of You know, not, not really. It's kind of a, a light time after San Diego. Like, all the news comes out and there isn't too much news after that. So it's kind of a... A, a slow time for comic news. There's nothing really. Even the news around was kind of just reviews and just like uh, you know, reviews on uh, uh, different comics yeah. and art. So nothing special really. <laughs> we have uh, Wizard World Chicago coming up in the next few weeks, and then after that, we'll probably the end of September. This Baltimore comic Baltimore, coming. Baltimore, and then we have New York. So New York. I mean, think about it. New York's only six weeks away. Yeah. Halfway through August. It's close. I mean, it's basically great. September, and then if you think about it. <laughs> in two months, we'll be there. Actually, we'll be over yeah. it. <laughs> the ninth. So, yeah, it's, it's, it, it comes before you know it. I was telling the way one friend, he's working on a Mysterio costume. Not not Ray Mysterio, but uh, Spider-Man Mysterio. And, uh, <laughs> and I was like, you better get started, man, because that month's going to fly by. Yeah, it's going quick. It's going. And I checked my funds. I'm already at what I need to be at. It doesn't look like I'm going to be. Not unless they announce like a Chris Evans. It doesn't look like I'm going to be spending that couple hundred dollars on autographs from big creators, yeah. like how they threw a breath of all that in the last like four weeks. Yeah, so you'll have like some more money to spread around and buy a little stuff or not buy anything, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's Mike, Mike going to the wrestling fund. Yeah. Mike, Mike going to the wrestling fund for new tights, so there you no go. pressure on you, sir, but you might have to I have to design two or three by Christmas. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I was just thinking of their day. I was like, ah, right. when I'm at the beach, I'm going to draw up something and then message uh, Gear Gal and uh, see what to do because we need to get some new stuff. So. But anyway, that's about it for comics. Might as well just get right into the 100 wrestling shows that are going to happen in the next three days. <laughs> it's crazy. It's, it really is. And obviously, bookings are you know, picking up quite a bit for us, which we'll get into that. Uh, before we get into the, we'll go into, let's go, let's go into NXT, well, we'll go NXT SummerSlam Top 5 G1. I want to go, did you listen to, when we were talking about podcasts, did you listen to Hulk Hogan on... I did, um, on Steve Austin. Yeah, I thought it was that, pretty good. That was one of the best, I'm a giant Hulk Hogan fan, obviously I grew up in that era. I thought that was one of the best single podcasts ever. I think yeah. that and Stanley's tribute, or uh, Kevin Smith's tribute to Stanley are probably the two best single podcasts I've ever heard. I listened to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I listened to it when I was uh, playing Ultimate Alliance, trying to level up. And uh, I thought it was really good. All the stories were out Some people were like, oh, why don't you talk about the controversial stuff? Like, I don't want to hear about that. I want to hear wrestling stories. So I was happy yeah. with it. It seems like Hogan let his guard down. Cause I know he was on Jericho's podcast the year after WrestleMania 30. Remember the opening segment of 30 was Hogan came oh, out. Yeah, Silverdome. Superdome. And, yeah, that he told he told uh, or he told Jericho that he that Vince ripped him because he Vince never told him that Rock and Awesome were gonna come down. And oh, goes, really? And then and then they released like those uh, 360 uh, special episodes on the network mm-hmm. where they show where, where they show Rock, Awesome, and Hogan talking right before Hogan's gonna go out. Like they're in the grill position, like basically talk like, okay, yeah, we'll just talk about this. We'll talk about this, and like. Huh, I think they're wrong on that one, Hogan. So, uh, but it seemed like he let his guard down a lot, lot less with this one. But I'm uh, sorry, a lot more with this one. But I did like how he talked about like a lot of the stuff in Japan. Yeah, that was even cool. Jer- even Jericho was saying on one of his podcasts only about a month or so ago that when he was working with Hogan, Hogan was like, "Man, this is this is so much easier." He goes, "What do you mean?" He goes, "You guys will actually sell for me." He's like, "So now I can work." <laughs> He's like, "I want to work." He's like, "But like, if like Piper won't sell for me, why am I going to sell for Piper? If, like Boston's only going to do this, why am I going to do that?" He's like, "I want to work." Like, that's one of the reasons why I like to go to Japan is because those guys want to actually have really good competitive matches. And he said, you know, he was selling for Jericho because Jericho would sell for him and it was give and take. It was like a 50-50, like 60-40 style where 
everybody was more protective of their character, you know, I guess. You know, yeah, back and he said that some so, of the, like, the, the, well, I guess the territories he went to, they would tell him, we, we don't want you to leave your feet. So he couldn't yeah. do much. I mean, you can't be mad at the guy. And then I like how he's saying, I wish I would have did a sleeper roll. I had the biggest arms in the world, brother. <laughs> so... I thought he was going to say he wished he would have kept the Axe Bombers. Yeah. That was the show of Japan. Why not? That little program with Terry Funk right around WrestleMania 2 is uh, he beat Funk with the uh, with the Axe Bombers. Like, you know, obviously they were over in uh, they were over in Japan together. Yeah. Obviously Funk was the All Japan side and Hogan was the Inoki New Japan side. Yeah. So, and, and you think like if people oh that's stupid just clothesline. Well the leg drops just leg drops. I mean if you got one over could have got the other one over. You know? Yeah, totally. He got he got everything over. Yeah. But I, I thoroughly, you know what the one part too is? He kept saying about how big of a mark he is, and it's one of our good buddies. I won't mention who it is because I have in the wrestling business. But he doesn't wrestle anymore. I won't mention who it is. Now it's down. I, 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 I'll, I'll say I'll basically give a big hint. You know what it is? I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to bury the guy because I have legit people for him. But anytime like I'm posting anything. Uh, anything on my social media, like, you're such a mark, you're such a mark, you're supposed to be a worker. I'm like, we're all marks for something. Like, yeah. Hogan, the biggest brother, on the biggest mark in the world. Yeah, brother, I'm a mark. Yeah, this person we would bump in the Comic Con all the time. Okay. And I'm like, oh, I bought this, I bought this. I, now, he wasn't there last year, but he'd always do it because he has connections. Mm-hmm. I don't know now if you know what I'm thinking about. Yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so again, I won't want to mention who this I don't want to bear things. I will legit be a hope for this person. I absolutely love him. one of my favorite people in and out of the ring with you. But, like, there's Hogan. Biggest drop all the time. I'm like, what a mark he is. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I, I'm a mark. Yeah, you know, there's no doubt about it. Like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be wrestling if you if you weren't a mark of something, you know. So it's it's yeah. not a negative term. It just means you really like wrestling. You know? Absolutely. And I will be paying when we go to the New Japan show. If they do a meet and greet, I will definitely be paying for pictures. There you go. I, I would like one picture. I want. I want some shirts. Even though it's right before New York Con, I want a Tanahashi shirt and something else. I already have a Okada shirt, so I just want. I want a, a cool Tanahashi shirt because a lot of the shirts are lame. Like you know, he's your, one of your biggest stars, and he has awesome ring gear, but his shirts are so lame. Like what? What happens in that transition? I do have to get a towel because that building is so oh. small, so maybe he'll like his. Oh towel. yeah, yeah. Da da da. You want to go into the uh, NXT? Yeah, let's, the, let's, let's jump right into it. We're at, just to give you a little time here, we are 41 minutes into the podcast here. we got to go a little shorter so you can watch the ROH and, and get ready yeah, for the beach. I guess I guess my uh, my cousin just came over because I guess Amber wanted to make s'mores. That's why I oh, okay. knocked on the door. She's like, we're making s'mores. And I was like, I'm podcasting. Well, we're making podcasts up here. We're, we're making, making money. You, you know what I do? I make money for this company. The <laughs> <laughs> drive, baby. NXT. Yeah. I have not watched NXT in a long time. Me too. It intrigues me. I'm pretty... I I, I don't know who's going to win, so I, I will definitely be watching this more than likely after the PPW show on Saturday. I'll go to my parents' house and throw on the old iPad and watch that there. So let's start with... Um, I'll just throw out Mia Yim and Shayna Baszler. Uh, I know they were doing a good job pushing Mia Yim for what I've you know, seen on social media. But maybe it's time to push... Shayna up, but I, I just don't, don't think maybe just yet. I, I think maybe they get Candice Ryder, they flip Mio back. But I think yeah, I don't fun. see Mio winning. And nothing against her. I mean, she's great, but I I, I, I see Shayna keeping it and then eventually dropping it to your Io or Candice or maybe even uh, Bianca Belair, but not not Mia yet. Not yet, not with the first time anyway. I mean, maybe they'll do a swerve, but I, I don't see it. Mia Shirai, Candice LeRae, Io turn heel. I don't think you lose. I don't think you beat her after. She just uh, just turned heel, but at the same time, you have two female heels winning. Eh, yeah. sure, why not? I'm going to pick heel Shirai on this one. Yeah, you, either way, you can flip it. I, 
I don't know. I, I'm gonna say they're gonna keep Io hot, and so I'm gonna also pick Io Shirai. This one's a tricky one for me, there, partner. But the uh, North American Championship, Pete Dunne, Roderick Strong, the Velveteen Dream. I, I I did see the pop that Pete Dunne got when he came out, and I was like, I think I think maybe you put the belt on Dunne here, and then you get Velveteen Dream hot for the main event scene. Okay. But at the same time, the rumor, uh, maybe I think it's just a rumor, is when Balor comes back from his absence, they're gonna do the club. Mm-hmm. You know, the uh, Balor, AJ, and Anderson Gallows versus the Undisputed Air at Survivor Series. Oh, that'd be cool. So if that's the route they go, you need to put all the belts on the Undisputed Air. But, uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they, everyone kind of wants that. That's what I want, but I I don't know. I, this one, I kind of think Roddy's going to win it, but I, I don't know. It could go either way, but I, I'll pick Roderick Strong just to be a little different here. Be different? Yeah. I'm going to pick Pete Dye. I can see the art. Dream retainer, yeah, so. me too. Some people say he's ready to be called up. I'm like, well, everyone kind of next, he's ready to be called up. But it, there's what? Where do you put him? You know, just no room. Just pick Elias out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You <laughs> kick him out. You know, there's a couple people I'd kick out. So, Street Profits and Red Dragon, uh, or the Undisputed Air, whatever you want to call them. I mean, I know Street Profits have been on Rock quite a bit. Maybe that's what they're doing with them. I think you gotta put the belts back on the best tag team. Yeah, I do too. The best tag team that's that's under WWE contracts to me is by far those guys. Nothing against the Usos, nothing against the Revival, nothing against Anderson Gallows, the New Day. All those teams are great, but I just think that they are head and shoulders. I chose above everybody that's not the Young Bucks or Pentagon and uh, Phoenix at this time. So. I think you put the belt back. I agree, because apparently they like the Street Profits so much they want them on Raw. Even though they're not wrestling on Raw and SmackDown, but they have plans for them, so I say they dropped the titles here. I don't think, I don't think they defended them. If they defended them once on NXT TV, because I haven't been following NXT TV, I mean, you're never disappointed with the takeover, so I'll definitely watch this. But I'm going to say a dispute where Arrow wins the belts. Gargano and Cole, man, I know we've seen this a whole bunch more. Hopefully this is the blow-off. I mean, I wouldn't, if they come back to it in six months, fine. Did they put the belt on Gargano? For what I understand, Vince McMahon is begging for Adam Cole to back up the main wow. roster. And Triple H is just like, no, I got this thing that I want to do. And blah, blah, blah. Keep him for as long as you can. Like Billy Madison, stay in school. <laughs> stay in school as long as you can. You don't want to go to high school. Yeah. I don't think you put the belt three shows in a row. I don't. I think Adam Cole retains, but what do I know? Yeah, I, I'm going to say Adam Cole retains. Then, then you get that undisputed error with all the belts, but... Even, even if Roddy doesn't win, I think so. Adam will keep the belt here. And the, the first match is what the street fight, and then the second match is a pro wrestling match. Was that so great? And then if it goes to the third fall, which spoiler, it will. Uh, William Regal is supposed to come out and uh, say what it's going to be. Which what, what, what kind of match do you think William Regal makes it? The brass knocks on a pole match, Ooh. a European round match. Uh, they take the ropes off and they do a blood sport. Uh, I, I think he'll do. Maybe a 20-minute Iron Man match. Wow. I say I'm going to go with the ladder. Something real simple. and Anything will really pop that crowd as long as it's not, like, you know, coal miner's glove. But uh, I, think, I think Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano would get that match over. They're both, they're both that good, so. They, 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 they would. I think they would get anything over. I mean, the match is going to be great, but I don't really think they need a real crazy uh, stipulation for the third match. You know, it's definitely not going to be a barbed wire barricade explosion match. So, you know, have to... Watch it be that. Yeah, we're going to take the ropes down and put a barbed wire. It's like, what? So, yeah, Adam Cole retains. That's what I think. And then here's something. Does uh, Ciampa come out at all? Because he's about ready to return. Good question, sir. 
But I don't know. If you have not come out, do you have not turned on Johnny? I mean, we've seen that so many times. Or do you have him try and help him? Like, let's say the Undisputed Era is out and they're all beating him up and Chopper comes down and make the save. I don't know. I wouldn't mind seeing him be the tweener. Okay, oh. I know the straight baby face, Adam Cole. I know Adam Cole works as the heel, but he's like the most over guy on that roster. Uh, but he works as the heel. And then having Chopper be like the tweener and have the two of them feud. Are the three of them kind of have like a yeah? I watch a three-way for the title. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of three-ways, but that one would work. Mm-hmm, definitely. But it should be a good match. This is uh, for Saturday night, so I'll be at the beach and I'm gonna try to get this in. But I mean, I have a week to do nothing at all, so I'm gonna watch all these shows. But here's how my program is gonna start. Okay, so tomorrow I'm staying off social media tomorrow. I go to the gym with my father-in-law. Come home, I'll put the G1 on. Obviously, Maggie, the, the updates because really I'll be watching live. <laughs> Yeah, the, uh, so I don't text, you know, if you want to text me star rings, you can, but don't, uh, don't, you know, don't give anything away. No. And, and then, let's see, so then, uh, what, what the benefit of my Sunday job is, is, as you know, it's about an hour drive. So I'm staying at my parents' house since I'm resting five minutes away, so it's a two-minute drive from okay, my parents' cool. house. So, so what I'll do is I will come home after the PPW show, or come by, come home and go to my parents' house. Maybe me and the old man will put a six pack of beer. I'll probably cheat on the old the diet a little bit, and then I will I'll watch the NXT show, and then I will get up uh, early, which you know I'll be able to sleep in, so I can probably leave my house at nine, it's, uh, my parents' house at nine to be be for work at a you know well, I got to go in early anyway. Anywho, so I'll be able to watch the B Block finals on Sunday, uh, Sunday morning before I got to go to work because I think it starts at four or five, so it should be over by seven or eight, so I'm good there. And then I'm going to Sunday work early, so I can get out early, so I can be home around 6, 6.30 for SummerSlam. And mm. then, uh, like I said, I'm off on Monday, so I've watched the finals there. So that's basically how my doing it. You'll be soaking up the sun. Yeah, yeah, I'll be, I'll be on the beach. And uh, I don't know, uh, SummerSlam, we might not watch exactly live, depending on what we do that Sunday night. But I'll be enjoying it and we'll get it in. But uh, all the New Japan shows, I can get up and watch them as they happen live. And then Saturday morning, I'll be in the car going there because it takes about roughly 10 hours to get to the bottom of North Carolina. Ric Flair country, woo! But uh, I have some time to kill. So Last time I went down, we didn't go last year, we went the year before, and I did watch a New Japan show. But I think the G1 was over, or, or maybe it was right at the end, and I did watch the whole show on the way down. <laughs> Well, how about that? Yeah, well, you know, we, we, we'll have time there, sir, so hopefully we get them in there. That, that's basically the general, that's how I'm hoping to watch all this. So uh, let's get to SummerSlam. As I was writing this stuff down, and I've been watching around SmackDown briefly, the matches look good, we talked about it here, how the matches look good. The SummerSlam looks stacked, which is weird. No Daniel Bryan, no Intercontinental title match. Yeah. Uh, but there's still a lot of stuff here, so let's go through it. And I don't know what's opening, what's not, but I kind of just had this list from like kind of like least importance to most important. Drew Gulak and Oni Lurkin, I'm a big fan of both these guys. It's hard, you know, when you think of cruiserweights, you think of like high flying, but these guys are more of like the hard hitting style, the style that I like. Uh, Drew Gulak is like the technical shooter, and Oni Lurkin is just a, just a hard hitter. I, I'm actually really, really looking forward to this match. I don't know how the crowd's going to be into this. Yeah, but I think Drew, I think Drew Gulak retains. I'm, I'm going to say so too, because this crowd probably not going to be that familiar with Oni Lorcan. So I think this match might be like somewhere during the middle of the show, just kind of as maybe maybe a cool down. I mean, from some of them maybe between like after a women's match or something. I don't know, but yeah, should be good. But Drew Lukin or Drew Lukin, <laughs> Drew Gulak keeping the top. Going 
Goldberg and Ziggler. Uh, Goldberg, I don't know if there's anything else we need to add to that. Yeah, does anyone really think Dolph's going to win? I mean, I don't, I don't know who wants to see Goldberg, but yeah, Goldberg's watch match under five minutes. He wins. Who cares? <laughs> Yeah, who's next? Who cares? Yeah. Uh, poor Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. You know, just so bad for him. Finn Balor, Bray Wyatt, this should be fun. Does Finn come out as the demon? Uh, I don't know because I know he's going to eat a last here as well as he should. Yeah. Because I love him. He needs to eat a last here uh, to get the Finn character over. Yeah, but I think Bray Wyatt definitely picks up the win here. Yeah, I agree. Especially because Finn said that it's been reported that he requested time off, like a month or two off. Which is maybe not the smartest time to do it because you know trying to build the OC, what a stupid name, but the club or whatever, the Bullet Club and WWE version. But yeah, I don't see him being the demon. But Bray Wyatt, do, does he wear his Fiend outfit or does he just wear like Bray Wyatt? I say he does the Fiend stuff, but I'm thinking when the match starts, he takes off the mask. What if he comes out in the sweater? Yeah, I, like, yeah, he might do that. Or he might come out as uh, the Muscle Man dance, uh, <laughs> Bray Wyatt, but he has the workout gear on. You never know. Or husky, or husky hair. Yeah. You don't know. He definitely needs what new they, music, though. That's one thing. What, what if they do this? Because nobody wants Brock to win, but at the same time, they're booing Rollins. So what if Brock goes over, the lights shut out, and it's Bray Wyatt, Eric Rowan, Luke Harper, and... Uh, Braun? Uh, and, Braun, and Braun Strowman, all, and they, they, beat up, they beat up Brock. That'd be something. And then, and then they... Because the end of SmackDown was Buddy Murphy... Uh, I guess Roman saw Buddy Murphy at the scene of the crime where he got hit or whatever. So he basically beats up Buddy Murphy to tell him who he goes. I know you were there. He's like, was it you? He's like, no, it was, it was Rowan. He goes, what? He goes, Eric Rowan, Daniel Bryan. He goes, no, just Rowan. And uh, Rowan and Bryan were in the ring from their match with the New Day, which was fantastic. And Daniel Bryan's looking at Eric Rowan like, wait, what did you do? Yeah. So I don't know if they're going to split them. They're going to turn Bryan face, hmm. but so I mean, who knows? But anywho, um, Kevin Owens, Shane McMahon. If Owens loses, he will retire. They didn't mention this was going to be no whole barge and shame if matches are. On SmackDown, he did say if you get hot and do something stupid, you can get disqualified. Okay. So, it still should be a fun match. I don't think there's any way Kevin Owens loses. No. But how funny it would be if Kevin Owens loses and then he puts on the AEW show? <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be fantastic. Um, yeah, I don't see him losing at all. I, I see... Kevin Owens winning and then Shane McMahon takes a little break for a while because they kind of want to get him off TV because he man a little bit too much Shane McMahon maybe he was really great in the ring he'd be like ah we don't care but you know Shane McMahon uh, Tanahashi he is not (laughs) he's exciting you know yeah he does he does entertaining stuff but you know I'm not I'm not clamoring for a Shane McMahon match AJ Styles Ricochet I don't know which which war to go on this I think I think it's because it's a big show the second biggest show I think they need to get Ricochet over so I see Ricochet winning here and then flipping the belt back over to AJ like on a Raw SmackDown or like the next year like just because I think just because it's SummerSlam and I know Heyman's really big on Ricochet and AJ doesn't need the push I think that's why they're going to put Ricochet over but it's a coin flip for me and I say either way I'm, I kind of see AJ Styles keeping it and uh, with help from uh, the Good Brothers so, I'm the both AJ, but it could go. I wouldn't be surprised if Ricochet won it. Alright, we're going to go through the, the next few matches. are going to be the women's match. I'm going to give you each reason why I'm excited for all three of these matches. Charlotte and Trish, uh, obviously, you know, I have a lot of people saying, oh, since Trish has been, you know, retired and come back and we'll do this or that, she's never had an opponent as good as Charlotte. And I was like, well, not only is that true, but she's never had an opponent ever, even in her prime, is as good as Charlotte. Yeah. I'm not going to lead up, I'm not, not going to. Molly Holly, I think maybe like outside of like EO and Asuka and Carrie Sane, she's probably the best women's wrestler in the world. I mean, to throw mm-hmm. Tessa Blanchard in there as well. As far as like main rosters, I mean, as good as Bailey is and Becky and Natty, and I'll even throw Sasha Banks in there, even though she hasn't been around. 
I just think Charlotte is head and shoulders above everybody. So I agree. I'm really looking forward to this. Not only that, but it's going to be Trisha's hometown. It's going to be very easy, you know, straight baby face for straight heel. And uh, Charlotte, you know, this, I think they basically just shine Charlotte up even more. I think this match is going to be great, but Charlotte definitely goes over. Yeah, I didn't say Charlotte has to win because, you know, if Trish wins, what is it really? Yeah, okay, yay, Trish won. But I mean, as long as Trish has a good match, which probably she will, I, I think people will be happy. And it's more, you know, Charlotte can be like, I beat the legend Trish Stratus. You know, I'm the best women's wrestler ever. So, yeah, I'm picking Charlotte. It should be a good match. I'm looking forward to that one. That's like one of the ones I want to see the most out of this whole show, actually. Bailey and Ember Moon for the SmackDown title. Here's why I'm excited about this, their partner, is when you talk about women's wrestling in the main roster, Bailey's like the fourth or fifth name, you say. Ember Moon's like the tenth. And I think these, the two, and the two of them are great. Mm-hmm. I think as long as this gets like around 10, 11 minutes, where I'm worried that it's only going to get like four or five, I think they, these two, I think the two of them know that. They know that, like, hey, we're not, this is Ember Moon's first, like, really big pay-per-view match since coming up in NXT. I think they really can steal the show. I think they can go ball. They could, the yeah. They get really time. steal the show. Because yeah, Ember Moon, Ember Moon's just Ember as good Moon. as Bailey, you know? But she just hasn't, they just don't give her the exposure, you know? Yeah, and I think Bailey needs to have a really good match here, so does Ember Moon. I think that they're just going to go out, as long as they're not restrained. I mean, I know... They're not going to be able to do like 450s to flaming tables or anything like that. Yeah, or slaps to the face like uh, Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi. Yeah, as long as they give them around 10, 11 minutes, you know, if they give them 15, I'll be happy with it. As long as they give them time basically to say, hey, go get yourself over here to the general blueprint, I think this will be this will be excellent. So, oh, yeah. Um, but I got uh, Bailey retaining. It's another coin flip. I'm gonna say Bailey keeps it because Ember they they haven't been doing the best with building up to beat Bailey, so I see Bailey keeping the title. Uh, Becky Natty. Here's why I'm excited. First of all, submissions. I'm a big fan of submissions. And you know Natty, she's the cornerstone of that division. Whenever they need something solid, she's always a go-to person. And Becky, they she really hasn't done anything since she won the title. So no. this show, she really, really needs this. So I think they're going to knock this one out of the park as well. I just don't see... I can see them taking the belt off Becky, but not, like, tapping out. Yeah, uh, so I don't... I, th- I think Becky, 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 Becky kind of needs her retain as well. Yeah, I, I, I think Becky would be the best if she wins, keeps the title. And I have her heel up, because, like, that's what made her uh, popular, is her acting like a heel kind of beat when she turned on Charlotte and beat the hell out of her. So... Yeah, have Becky just be heel. I mean, they're in Canada, so they're all going to cheer for Natty anyway. It should be a good match, but I see Becky keeping the title. Kofi, Randy Orton, all depending on which Randy Orton shows up. I mean, <laughs> everybody knows my disdain for Randy Orton. I won't go into it if you guys want to know why. Uh, you know, obviously, there's a certain somebody who worked at WrestleMania that uh, years ago that that had a very good hand in training me. By you know, basically told me when he wants to work, he works. He doesn't. He doesn't. So, if uh, lazy Randy Orton, chef, the old yeah. R- LRO shows up, I can care less about this. But if, if uh, balls to the wall, Randy Orton shows up with a super hot Kofi Kingston, this match could be the best match on the show. So it all depends on what Randy Orton shows up. But I just don't see Randy Orton uh, getting the belts, nor nor should he. Yeah, I, I originally I thought Kofi would drop it to, at SummerSlam, but I didn't think it'd be. You know, wrestling Randy Orton. So I'm gonna say he keeps it, and maybe he drops it at a side review. Maybe he keeps it to a Survivor Series. But I, I don't see Randy Orton winning the title right now. So yeah, Kofi Kingston retains. Main event time: Brock and Seth Rollins. The re- I have Seth Rollins winning. The reason why is that you, 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 you know, you already took the belt off. Is you lose the Brock again, and then you kind of just bury him. I think he needs to get a win here. Maybe he wins with like a roll up, and then Brock beats him up afterwards. Okay, see and that. Then, 
and then you spend the next two months heating him up for Hell in the Cell in October, and you do the blow-off Brock and Rollins at Hell in the Cell. And then I think you put Rollins over there again, then you just make Brock what he should be, an attraction where he comes in eight to ten times a year. Yeah, and just wrestles somebody and has these, like, crazy matches. Like Andre. Yeah, yeah, yeah why I, not? I think, I think that's what, I think, you obviously, you know, Brock's getting older. I mean, he's still obviously, you know, a draw and this or that, but... If you're going to use him to put somebody over, now is the time for Rollins because they start to turn on him. And if you, I think yeah. he loses here, you just lost all the momentum that you've been building with Seth Rollins for the last two years on a guy who's never there. So, yeah, I agree. I, I don't know. I kind of maybe see Brock keeping the title. Maybe Seth turns uh, heel after this because the, the crowd is turning on him. And the, the Becky relationship thing didn't happen, which they, they apparently reported they are going to move away from that, which is the best for both of them. But even like his stuff on Twitter, and like he hasn't been helping himself. So I I don't know. I, but then who do you put Brock up against? Do they do Roman again? Ugh. I I don't know. I'm going to say Brock wins. I just don't know where they go from here, but I don't yeah. think they know either. So. <laughs> they probably don't. I think heat up Drew McIntyre, put the belt on him. Strowman. Yeah, Strowman, there you go. I mean, yeah. You think, like, that's a guy that WD would love. Big guy, strong. You know, he was so hot, but then they turned him heel and they kind of ruined it and put him with uh, Drew and Dolph, and that kind of was like, ugh. Uh, so that kind of stopped this push there for a while. But yeah, Strowman. Why not? Yeah, totally great. It should be good, SummerSlam. I mean, I'm not, like, blown away by it, but it should be good. And SummerSlam is usually one of the, the fun pay per views to watch every year. Yeah, I'm really excited for it. Every match in the car I'm looking for. Because they talked about that three women's match would be good. Brock works really good with the, you know, the quote-unquote Ring of Honor guys. You know, AJ Styles, the Punk, you know, Daniel Bryan. Like, those guys, those are he has his best matches. But that's what I thought we were going to get at WrestleMania. And basically, Brock came to him a couple times. Oh, Seth a couple times. Then a low blow, a couple curb stomps, and they were on there in like six minutes. And I was yeah, like, huh? Like, yeah. I wasn't expecting, like... I wanted to go, and maybe the, maybe that's what they knew they were going all along. It's like, no, we're just, because there's so much on WrestleMania, we're going to just do this here just to get the belt off Rock to see if he's going to go to UFC, but if he's not, then we'll do the actual real wrestling match at SummerSlam. So hopefully we get that match. That is a very good possibility. And that's going to be the best match on the show as well. Yeah, you never know. I hope it's a good show. I don't, I don't, I don't never want shows to be bad. So. I want to watch a bad show. Yeah, we love you. Say it all the time, guys. We're, we're obviously big supporters of the New Japan and you know, the Ring of Honor, the AEW, and I, I've been on a big Noah kick, as because I mean, Noah's doing 2,000 people and their, their shows these past few weeks, so, you know, I'm glad Noah's doing well, but we, we want everybody to do well. No, yeah, Noah, said, the cool thing is the bash WWE, it's like, guess what? We're drawing over 80,000 people, between 70 and 80,000 people every year at WrestleMania. I love the Tokyo Dome shows, they're great shows, they're drawing nowhere near that. Yeah. So. So that's that. Uh, speaking of really good shows, well, well, before we get into the G1, let's do the uh, the top five. Sir. Okay. So mine, mine, mine is hopefully we're on the same one. Mine is after Harley. Give me your top five NWA World Champions. That Anytime. Was, that was that was my top five. Well, how about uh, that? that? Well, then we'll, we can switch it. Uh, top five uh, no, 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 NWA no, 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 tag no, champs. Okay. okay, we can do that. Nine will be top five tag champs. I'll do yours. So my top, I already have it in my head. Obviously, Flair, mm-hmm. Harley. Dusty and Dusty wasn't much of like when he had the belt, he didn't have like these crazy runs with it. But like you'll always hear the he's saying there's money in the chase, which means like when a baby face is yeah. a heel, there is no better wrestler, in my opinion, in the history of pro wrestling than chasing the belt than Dusty Rhodes was with Harley, with Flair. Uh, I just thought like those chases were so good. And once he got the belt, it's like, oh, well, we'll put it back over to Flair. 
because it was just like there was money in the chase. So mm-hmm. be those three, and then as far and then, you know the last two were really tough for me to pick. So I was you know thinking of Terry Funk and Luthez and Gene Kanitsky, but uh, to me it would have to be probably the greatest rivalry for the belt. And even I had the same thing with Ricky Steele. Yeah, both really good. He didn't do anything there. As far as like the first really great true pure wrestling rivalry for wrestling was Dory Funk and Jack Briscoe. Yeah. The matches in the 60s and 70s basically set up the Flair and Steamboat stuff in the 80s, and then you have the great matches with, you know, Kabashi Masao in the 90s, Punk Joe, and now Okada Tanahashi, yada, yada, yada. So those would be my five, would be Dory Funk, Jack Briscoe, Harley Race, Rick Flair, and Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost exactly with you. I'll, I'll, because of Harley, we'll put him on there, and of course Ric Flair, and then Dusty Rhodes. I'm going to go with Ricky Steamboat. Even though he didn't have that long, it was when he finally my first won it. Fa- my all-time favorite wrestler. So. Yeah, when he finally won it, it was it was awesome. It was still, yeah, it was kind of WCW. It was still NBA there. And then what I, I will say, Dory Funk Jr. for my final one. Even though I didn't see too much of Dory Funk, but he had it for a long time. And, uh, you know, kind of made the belt really big, so. Yeah, if you go watch, watch any of those Dory Funk Jr. Harley Race matches, the reason why they go an hour, they don't go an hour Okada Omega style. No. They take the time they build. And it was, it was 30, 40 years Yeah, ago. it was a different so, time. So, okay, well, like, so we'll do top five uh, NWA tag teams. So. Okay. I'll start. Well, we've got, we got to pick the, the number one. Well, maybe number one and two are, are changeable. Midnight Express and Rock and Roll Express, right? They have to be your number one and two. Uh, then I'll go with LOD or the Road Warriors. And then we go, oh, what's the Fantastics? And then, yeah, and then uh, my, for number five, let me pick here. Uh, you can see him. You know what? We'll, we'll go with, uh, we'll go with uh, Sting and Lex Luger. How about that? I'm going to go with obviously Midnight Rock and Roll. Those are the two greatest tag teams of all time. Uh, to me, I don't know who's one, I don't know who's two. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Midnight Rock and Roll, I got to go with Tolly and Arn. Oh my God. I, go I can't believe I forgot. I got to go with Arn and, uh, and I got to go Arn and Oli. Yep. And I wasn't sure who my fifth team was going to be. I was thinking of Magnum and Dusty, but yeah, I got to go with the Fantastics. Yeah, fantastic. They were That's so good. Really there was good. Uh, one of them DVDs I got, ran like the. NWA or, or uh, WCW and there's random NWA. It's like fantastic for Midnight Express. I'm like, this is so good. If this was a match that was on like a pay-per-view nowadays, people would be like, this is awesome. So, yeah. yeah. And it was so it was, it, it was 1986 or whatever, you know? I, I got a funny fantastic story. So, you know how like, you ever see the interview where they come out and they're like hugging everybody like they're hugging the girls, they're hugging the little kids? Yeah. So the NWA had a working relationship with with, uh, with All Japan at that time. You know, we were talking about with Flair. So Punk was telling us about it. It's just like you gotta see your stuff from all Japan. Because you know the crowd doesn't react to like the middle of the end of a match. Yeah. Well they come out and they get like the applause. But no and they're trying to hug people and everybody's sitting. <laughs> so they're reaching over the guardrail and about like twenty seconds in it gets really awkward. Sure enough, the next week we go to training and Punk's got the Punk's got the tape and the DVDs. Like, guys, I got it, I got it, we're gonna watch it. Like I forget who they were working. Like we didn't even watch the match. I'm like, I wanna watch the match and I forget I forget who it might have been. It might have been Furnace and Buffon, or it might have been, I don't know who it was they were working, but like, all he wanted to make is watch his entrance. I'm like, this is all Japan in the, in the late 80s. Like, I, wanna, I might have been like Shiruda. I want to watch the and, matches. Uh, yeah, yeah. I forget who it watch was. I want to watch the match, but the cats, look, look, they're reaching over the garbage. You do that now, you get arrested. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, but but if they were around for Japan and like let's say they wrestled for three months and they were still baby faces, then they would have been hugging them. But yeah, they were only. I'm looking up their Wikipedia here. They were only five ten and five nine respectively. Yeah. And, that, and back, back then they were. You know that was a, a tall guy's business back then. 
Yeah, remember Tommy Rogers was in ECW for a little bit. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was. That's the first November to remember that was on pay per view. Which and, and then the, and speaking of all that, they did release uh, on the network a bunch of the older ECW like what would have been pay per views, but they didn't have pay per views at the time. And ones in November to remember, and they have like, like uh, the doctors in and stuff. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, like hardcore home or hardcore. Uh, was it called hardcore heaven? November to remember. So yeah, check that stuff out. Did you not to drag this podcast long? Because I know we got to get going. Did you, have you? Oh, re your password for the WWE Network and yeah. revamped it. I, I, I love it. Yeah, it's kind of cool how you'd like, uh, my, for their podcast, we watched, a, we had a random match and it picked up a random match on Raw. It was like Endzone Cast versus uh, Claudio and uh, Sheamus. But anyway, when you go to the Raw now, you can go, when it starts, you can hit the next match button and it takes you directly to the next match. I'm like, that's pretty cool. And there's like different th- highlights, like different promos and stuff. And you can uh, save your favorite superstars. And like everyone's on there. Like I even saved uh, Macho Man and Hogan RVD and. I was going through. I was like, "Oh, this is pretty cool." So yeah, the new one, uh, Revamp Network, is uh, pretty nice. It's a little hard to find a WCW first. I'm like, "Where's that?" I should have its own category. But I was like, "Oh, in ring WCW territories." I'm like, "Okay, I got it." So it takes a little learning curve, but once you get it, like, "Oh, this is much better." There is. They also have, they also have the Coliseum videos on there. Yeah, which is that. That's great stuff. If you watch uh, Gorilla and Bobby, and then uh, Heenan and Bob, or um, uh, what's it, Gene Oakley and Bobby Heenan? That's good stuff. Did you see the latest table for three with uh, Rollins, Claudio, and Nigel? No, I didn't. It's an ROH like, table for three. I saw it and I was like, oh, wow, what's going to talk about Ring of Honor? And then I pressed play and it's called Table of Honor. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, and the description even says about how like, they got their start in Ring of Honor. So I was like, oh, cool. So this, the three of them are sitting there and Rollins goes, I'm glad there's a fourth seat here because I invited a friend. And he pulls out the uh, the, w, the, uh, the Raw title. And I was, it's like the first five minutes of all they talk about, like him and Lesnar oh, at WrestleMania. I'm like, what a bunch of part of my life. Bullshit this is. Like, yeah. Ring of Honor. And then they talk about Ring of Honor. They talk about Ted Petty Invitational, IW Invitational. And then it gets, it's, it's excellent. Oh, nice. So the so, first yeah. couple minutes, eh, but then the rest is good. Yeah. Well, make, you know, push, give Claudio a push, you know. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so, and you see Claudio, his front uh, teeth, he has braces. Oh, yeah, I mean, still from, out. wow. Yeah, because he, he always has the mouth cut. Okay, let's get into the G1, sir. Let's get, we will review, and I know the Observer numbers did come out. Uh, if you get a chance to pull those I'll, up. I'll pull sir. those up, and I have my notebook here, and I know that. Uh, night 13, we're starting. Okay, so night thir- I'm right on night 13, how about that? Let me see if I type in here. Sir, star. Ratings G129. <laughs> I search here, click on that all days, and we'll pull it up uh, to night three, which would be, and I didn't write the date down for that one. It's 8-3. Eight, eight, okay, 8-3. Eight, so it's up with Kenta and Fale. Yes, I have it written down the, the matches. Okay, July. Oh, this website. So. Okay, here we go. Got it. I have the ratings up right here, so let's go ahead and start. Okay, Balak following Kenta. I really enjoyed this match, and I thought they, they did a good job keeping Kenta safe here because basically Fale wins with a roll, but it makes sense because he's twice in size. I know that Melter gave it a low rating. I gave it a 3.5. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, the following matches you can't really expect to blow away, you know, barn burners. I gave it two stars. It wasn't a bad match. I was a little, a little surprised Kenta lost, but I'm like, hey, he has to get some losses here. Uh, I gave it two. Dave Meltzer says 1.75, but Dave Meltzer, not a, not a Fall A fan, but a big Kenta yeah, fan. He, <laughs> and you were the only guy that went around. You picked Kenta, sir. Yeah. 
Zack Sabre Jr. and Lance Archer. I thought this was really, really fun. Uh, we all picked Lance Archer. We were all wrong. I gave this 3.75. I really enjoyed it. Oh, wow. I, I, I liked it, but I, I thought maybe maybe a little short. It was cool how they're both suzuki members. I just gave it three even, and then Zakia gets with the roll-up, and there's two roll-ups right in a row, which, who are the producers here? Uh, anyway, Big big Dave says 3.25, so he, he uh, liked it a little bit more than me, but not as much as you. Now, this is why I think so far this was the best night of G1. Cause yeah, a very solid night. Yeah, Evil and Osprey, and I, I saw me and, Bray, me and Big Dave's range were pretty close here. Evil and Osprey, I thought this one tore down the house. You can make an argument this is Evil's best match, up until the match with Okada from the other day, we'll get into that. Uh, we all picked Osprey, we thought maybe we'd get some more points, but they were really, you know, teasing Evil to be in the finals. Evil gets the win, I thought this was great, the crowd, I had it four and a half, but I gave it an extra quarter start just because of how well they had the crowd going the last three or four minutes, so I gave this four and three point stars. Yeah, this match was really good. I, I initially had it four, but I'm like, you know what? That was really good. The crowd got into it, so let's 4.5. Dave Meltzer says the same thing. And then Evil picks up the win with everything is evil. Yeah, well, Osprey, they kind of give him a little bit of points, but I'm sure next year in the G1, he'll kick a lot of ass and probably have 10 points. Abushi Tanahashi, the rematch from the finals. Uh, I said it on this podcast uh, last week. Why is this not the main event? And then we find out why. This is probably the best match I've seen in a long time that goes less than 23 minutes. I think it was like 21 20. Mm -hmm. For me, this was like 4.9. Like, if I had to go in between the star rating, but my dad's Ibushi Tanahashi, and just the, the way the crowd gets behind both these guys at the end, to, to, I bumped this up to five stars. I thought this was great, and Ibushi gets the win with the Kamigoye. Eliminates Tanahashi from the tournament. Uh, the first time he's been eliminated this early in about 10 years. And my, you know, thing that I like, two guys that are both fan favorites and are both big workers at the very end, they uh, they shake hands like Abushi's like crying over Tanahashi because that's like you know, that's his, that's basically his god. Yeah, and Tanahashi was kind of talking to him at the end too. But I tell him like, hey man, you're the new, you're the you're new, the you're, the, you're the, the guy, guy here. Yeah. yeah, because like, like you know, Tanahashi obviously he's gonna stay around and still wrestle, but more a limited role I'd say. But like, so does Kota become like the new face that Tanahashi is like? Not maybe not so much the ace, but like the new face, the the, the number one good guy of New Japan. I'm, I that, don't know, man. The, the crowd, we we talk about it all the time. You know, the not only is Tanahashi having great matches, but like the crowd is so behind Tanahashi. Yeah, that's that why. Fall, especially that Fallet match. But I'm saying, like in like so let, let's say five or ten years, because Kota Bushi's only what 30, 36, I think he is. So let's just say like five years, maybe you know Tanahashi's a lot slower, slowed down then. Like is Ibushi the guy? I would say yes. But I, I love this match. I was like, as it was going, I was like, this is so good. I gave it five stars. I was like, it gets five. It's so good. It's great. Yeah, four point seven five. Sonata Okada. To me, this is five stars. And slightly better than Ibushi Tanahashi. This was, uh, and you, and you, you had Okada. You thought Okada was yeah. going to get the, get the sweep. It got to a point where they're going to go to Thailand to drive. This is the, the back and forth. The way that Okada builds to his finishes. He has these long, drawn-out, you know, old-school NWA, all-Japan-style finishes. It's so good. You know, uh, Okada, I like it when Okada goes for the Rainmaker and Sonata hits it with the left-handed Rainmaker. Yeah. Goes for another Rainmaker, pops him up, TKO, hits the Moonsault to the back, and then the regular Moonsault. Sonata finally, finally gets the win over Okada, so that means uh, probably either Destruction or King of Pro Wrestling we're going to get another Sonata Okada match and I'm fine with that uh, this was five stars for me I think the Gabe uh, gave it the same yeah, he gave five I was like I gave five too they, they, especially the last five minutes was awesome and then uh, Sonata did the pop-up cutter which is pretty cool too and then they were in Osaka so I'm like oh pop-up Osaka street cutter yeah, uh, yeah, yeah they, I think yep, that was excellent and uh, what wasn't excellent was your your 
kicks this day, sir. You have only had one point. <laughs> right. uh, so that took you to 41. Amber had three. That takes her to 41. I had three. That takes me to 39 as we go into 8-4. We start with Ishii and Yano. Uh, yeah, this was what it was. I think I gave like two and three, four star match. Ishii won with a brain bust. And really not too much to say about this. I mean, Yano was... Uh he was kind of doing some some hard strikes, like yo, Yano's going back to his uh, his earlier days when he was a collegiate wrestler or whatever. So I I thought this was my favorite Yano match so far. I enjoyed it. I gave it three point five, and then yeah, Rishi peached up the win with the Brainbuster. What did uh, give? He gave this one. Let me scroll down. He gave it. He liked it even more. Three point seven five. Whoa! How about that? Juice and Tai Chi. I don't understand the booking on this one. Taichi gets the win, obviously, interference. Juice is looking really good in this tournament, but this ties in both of that uh, six. Uh, there's just something missing with this match. I don't know what it was. I just gave it three stars. It was, but, you know, it was okay. Yeah, it was, it was good. It, it never got to great, but I'm like, hey, for what it is, it's good. I gave it an even three, two, and then Taichi gets the win with uh, my finisher, Kryptonite Crunch, but he calls it the Black Mephisto. Does it slightly different. And Dave Meltzer says, for this one, 2.5. So Dave, Dave wasn't into it at all. We were, we were, we were close. Goto and Jeff Cobb. I really enjoyed this match, but this was fun. Goto's pretty much team here towards the end. Uh, he yeah. really is. And this is a fun, I mean, they, these guys have wrestled before for the Never title. Uh, and I think they might have, no, they didn't, they didn't wrestle for the uh, television title for Ring of Honor. I think they were teasing it. This is fun. Goto picked up the win with the GTR at 3.75. Yeah, I, I gave it 3.25. I liked it, but not not as much as you did, I guess. But yeah, Goto with the GTR. And Dave Meltzer says exactly what I said, 3.25. Jay White, John Moxley, I think this is great the way that this match built. Uh, and Jay, I, I know, I like how Jay White's using the, uh, he's using the Bloody Sunday yeah. to, get in, to get into the, uh, the Blade Runner. Which is pretty cool. Yep, and this was, now this, this was, uh, obviously Moxie lost by count off to, uh, to Yano, a couple nice priors, so this was his first pin loss, Jay White gets the win, I get his four and a quarter stars, uh, put Jay White up to two eight points, uh, after this win. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the match, I thought it was good, I only gave it three, and, uh, 3.75, and Dave Meltzer gave it the same, but this was like, we kind of knew Moxie got to start losing, because anytime he would win here means everyone else is basically eliminated, so, you kind of knew who was going to win, but still, good match. Naito and Shingo, we wonder when they're going to do something with Shingo, and, you know, by no means was he having bad matches, but we were waiting for something to explode, and explode it did, sir, with his fellow LIJ member, this match was awesome, Naito picks up the win as as was needed, I gave this one 4.75, I think Dave got this perfect 5, I think. Yeah, that's my cat jumps up on me. Uh, Dave did give it 5, I gave it the same as you did, 4.75, I thought it was really good, but it wasn't quite the 5, uh, star level. And when Nido hits the Destino and finally gets the win, Nido gets the points they need to catch up to uh, John Moxley. We go to night 15, 8 and 7, 19. We start with Sinan and Archer. Sinada picks up the win with, uh, with the back ridge roll, the back on bridge, and the audio counter roll in the back on bridge. This was a solid. Uh, oh, uh, we all had four points in that the last show. So it was 45 for you, 45 for Amber, 43 for me. Ooh, still uh, close. Sinada. Yep, Sonata picks up the win, which we all had. Um, we all had Sonata pick, peg the win. This was uh, three stars. Yeah, I, I, I thought this match was pretty good. I gave it 3.5, yeah, and he gets that, that bridging rolling clutch, and Sonata gets the win. Again, even though he's kind of eliminated, it still keeps him strong. And then, um, as I click here, the uh, the ratings the ratings are out for this. This website does not have them, so let me... Uh, oh, hold on. Hold on, I think I might have them on my phone. 
Maybe I scrolled right past it. Wait, this is the day... Night 15, right? Okay, I got it. I was looking at the wrong thing. So, Sonata... Sonata vs. Lance Archer, 3.5. Dave with uh, Green. Me and Dave uh, Green a lot here. Hey, you, hey, you must be on the phone with them. Must be working for the wrestling <laughs> yeah. observer. I'll be working for wrestling. Me, 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 Dave, and uh, what's his name? Brian, Brian Alvarez. Bad luck, Folly Hiroshi Tanahashi, and you know me, I don't like to curse. I do curse quite a bit when it's just myself. I was watching the match on my lunch break at work, and uh, the crowd, we're talking about the crowd, is so much Tanahashi in this match. And once Fale reversed the backslide, and this is the genius of the G1. They built Fale gets a win against Kenta with a wrestling lower roll up, and I'm like, he's gonna beat him with the backslide. As soon as he counts to three, I literally yelled out the words F and BS. <laughs> the actual words in my car. I'm like, Tanahashi's lost four matches in this G1. Last year he lost one, tied one, and then swept the block. Yeah. So like you got like what, like I do not understand why they beat Tanahashi here. He's already out of the tournament. You beat him again. I gave this one three and a quarter stars, but I think Dave Meltzer might have given negative just because of the result. <laughs> yeah, I gave it two point five. I mean, it wasn't for a Folly match. It was pretty good, but yeah, I, I didn't understand why Folly won. I don't know what they're trying to do with him. And uh, yeah, Dave gave it. Uh, Dave actually gave it three stars. So yeah. I don't know why falling. Uh, Osprey, Osprey and Kenta. This was great. Did you hear Dave Meltzer talking about this match? No, I didn't. He was talking about the G1. He goes, the G1 has been so good the past couple of years that I've been talking to people like that he knows in the industry. I'm like, yeah, today's G1 show is okay. There was only two four-star matches. Like, <laughs> WWE would kill for two four-star matches. I know, my God. He goes, on top of somebody who's saying Kenta's over the hill, he should retire. He goes, see that match with Osprey? He's like, yeah, it was great. He should retire. He's like, why? Because he slipped. If he slipped once, the rest of the match was great. Yeah. I thought this was terrific. I would. I. I Kent. I, after this match, after Kenta lost, they were basically saying about how Kenta is just like Osprey in between light heavyweight and heavyweight. Like even when he was the Noah heavyweight champion, he was still kind of a lighter guy. And they were doing the same thing with Fuji, but those guys were the bigger draw. And you know, uh, Masawa had passed away. Uh, Akiyama was getting older, and Kabashi was recovering from cancer. So they they took the two most popular guys, which were juniors, put them up to heavyweight, and that was that. So it's like, man, why did they have Kenta go over here? So this way, maybe he could challenge Osprey down the line for the junior title. Mm, maybe, yeah, maybe we'll do that. I mean, you everyone think Kenta's going to be a heavyweight, but they could, they could do that. I, I really like this match. I mean, yeah, he he slipped off a springboard. I mean, how many people have to do springboard clotheslines? Mm -hmm. Not many. Yeah, I do one. I mean, punk. But I mean, a lot of people don't do it. And it, you know, sweaty. He was hot in there. I mean, you can't. Oh, he botched one, so he sucks. Okay, I'm whatever. I thought this. I thought this is great. This is this is definitely gonna finish high up in my tournament. I gave it four and a half stars. Yeah, I gave four point two five. Kenta really was kicking. Well, Osprey pretty hard too. And Big Dave gave four point five. But yeah, a great match. And then Osprey wins with the Stormbreaker. You get yes, some sir. much needed mm -hmm. points. Yes, he did. Even though he's eliminated. So we, we got that one around. We both we all got this one right. Ibushi needed the exact same review. Another great match. I gave this one four and a half stars as well. Ibushi gets to win with the common go ahead. I don't give it four stars, but yeah, a good match. I really thought uh, Sack Saber was going to win. Abushi was going to tap out when he had him in that. When he got, has like his, both his legs stretched the opposite way, and it's like he has his arms too. And I was like, he's going to tap. Napalm. I think called Napalm. Yeah, the Napalm. Orienteering with Napalm Death or something. He's got to tap out. And they finally got the ropes and they got him. Come away. Yeah, great match, but I gave it I gave it 4.5 as well. And Big Dave says, four, or, uh, yeah, 4.5. Yeah, go off. Okada Evil. As soon as this match is over, I text you and I said, you know what? It's really easy for us to say it. Who's going to steal the tournament? It's always Ishii. We never give enough credit to the champion going in because one, he's the champion. It's the most prestigious belt in wrestling. 
and he's I think you know since Kenny's been in AEW and there hasn't been he hasn't been as active the two person race for the last two years mm-hmm. is now straight Okada yeah I texted you and I was like we don't give Okada enough credit I mean, we already call him the best wrestler he's the best wrestler he, he's having the best you want and after this match this might have been Evil's best match this was absolutely this was fantastic yeah the back and forth, just the way the crowd was Especially into Especially the it. last, it's um, kind of started off a little slow, but the last five minutes were just awesome. Yeah, so Okada's built, way he built his finishes and everything makes sense. Uh, this was terrific. Okada gets the one with the Rainmaker. I give this one 4.75. Wow, I give it four and a half. Big Dave gave it 4.75. But I mean, the last five minutes, I like, were great. I like when Okada goes for the, uh, the everything is Okada, as uh, Rocky calls. Like that's pretty cool. They had that sequence where they both kept going for each other's finishers, and that was really great. But yeah, great match. And of course, Okada wins with the Rainmaker. Yes, not a good showing for me. I had two points. Amber had four. You had three. So Ooh. 45, 40, and 49 going into 8, 8, which is... Night 16. Is la- yeah, yeah, this is it. And Yokohama. This is the last Yano Taichi... Uh, Fun match with yeah. the, with the with Katamura. That's basically you know, it's a typical Yano match. Yano gets the win. He's at eight points. I don't know if he's ever been that high. Yeah. Uh, with his five points, so I gave that one three stars. Yeah, I gave, I gave it 2.5, but it was a very fun match. And he's rolling him up in the ring skirt, and he rolled up both of uh, Tai Chi and Kanemaru in the ring skirt, and they called it the burrito. I'm like, that's pretty funny. So it was a, and then uh, Yano wins by count out. So, and then Miho obviously trying to get him out. It was, it was funny. It's an enjoyable match. Yeah, it's not five stars, but it's fun. Yano wins. What's, uh, what was the rating? Oh, let me see here. I, I gave it, yeah, I gave it 2.5, and uh, let me scroll here. It's weird how they have them mixed up. He get 2.25. Naito, Jeff Cobb. Fun match. Hard hitting. It just seemed like when they were getting towards the end, when they were really up the pace, it kind of just ended. Yeah, that's game. why they I thought. Could have went like, they kind of went like two more minutes in there. But Jeff Cobb starting to come along a little bit. He was, you know, kind of forgotten to earn brand, mm-hmm. but he's not doing bad by any means. But yeah, obviously, Naito's picking up the steam. Ten points. Naito gets them with the Destino. Four stars for me. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. I gave it four stars to a good match, but yeah, kind of just Naito hits that one Destino, which is good. Get the Destino over because everybody kicks out of it. And he gets gets the win. He gets the points, which we all kind of knew. So he get tied with John Moxley. And uh, Jeff Cobb, yeah, he's kind of like the, the forgotten guy. Like he's, he's having good matches, but he's not really standing out in this tournament. What was the... the oh, was the, the, Big Dave gives this one... 3.5. Goto Boxley, I thought this was this was great. Goto's really, really tricking up steam and Moxley's going downhill, so you can see like Moxley like snap. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in Go, obviously Goto gets the win with this the fancy new GTI. This was real hard hitting. Right from the get go, they started throwing forearms, so this is right up my alley. Uh, yep, Goto gets the win with the GTR, and I guess gets a future U.S. title match for time. Yeah. No problem of rematch here. Yeah, maybe, so, maybe they got one of the U.S. shows that's coming up, then Philly, Boston, and New York. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That'd be tremendous. Mm-hmm. Tempest was uh, a solid four for me. I gave it 3.75. I really enjoyed it. And uh, Goto did the, uh, where he has him like in the DVD position and he like off the shoulders. And he also does the FU, which he's been doing now. I was like, oh, he's going to hit the FU. But no, he doesn't. Catches him, hits the GTR. But yeah, I thought, really good match. 3.75. Big Dave says 3.5. He didn't like it as much. Slacker. JY Juice Robinson. You know what? The best part about this match is just Juice's selling. Like, I mean, his selling is the way he gets the crowd into it. It's just really, really good. A lot of good back and forth stuff here. Uh, obviously, then Jay White uses the. Uh, it's they do. They tease the Blade Runner. They tease the Pulp Friction. Uh, they do a great job of old school psychology of working Juice's knee. And Jay White gets the gets the tap out victory after all yeah. the interference. The, 
Yeah, the, just based on the selling alone, I bumped it up to four and a quarter. Oh, uh, so yeah, I, I liked it. Not as much as you. I say 3.5. It was good. But uh, <laughs> Jay White wins with the TTO, which was the Tanahashi tap out. <laughs> but now I guess it's just the, the TTO because he's not wrestling Tanahashi. But yeah, good match. I enjoyed it, but not as much. 3.5. And Dave Meltzer, he says four stars even. Another rating he gave on this match, Shingo Ishii. Uh, I might got to take back what I said, partner. Maybe Ishii, you know, him and Okada are kind of neck and neck for MVP of this tournament. This was just, I mean, you want to talk about a buster. Yeah, this was oh, great. Geez. I think the only, we talked about how, like, how the tournament, once Fale hit, I bought the backside as a finish because the show before he beat Kenta with a roll-up. Shingo has yet to beat anybody in New Japan with a puffing bomber. And yeah. He beat people in Ring of Honor with it. He beat people in Dragon Gate with it. He beat people in the All Japan Carnival last year with it. He had their back and forth. He had this crazy puffing bomber. And the crowd buys it as a finish. I'm like, if he would have won one or two matches in this tournament with the puffing bomber, I would have, I would have totally, I knew he was getting, I knew she was getting out. I'm like, she's getting out because he hasn't beat anybody with this. I think he needs to beat people with the pumping bomber as well as uh, Major Japan or the Last Falcon. Yeah, he does both, uh, and they're kind of similar. Like the the Last of the Dragon is off the shoulder, and the Made in Japan is kind of like a pump handle into it. So it's kind of the same yeah. move. But yeah, if he would have beat somebody with the bumping bomber, you'd be like, oh, it's over. But yeah, this this match was great. Uh, I didn't quite give it five stars. I just said four point seven five. But I mean, maybe it would have went a little longer. But Big Dave loved it. He said five point five. So he yeah, broke I the gave five, it stars. five stars. But yeah, yeah, a great match. Shingo gets the win, four points for me, three points for Amber, four points for you. So going into the last two nights, I have 49 and you and Amber are tied at 52. Wow, how about that? But I think what's going to weigh on, okay, let's, here we go, let's get into these And right now, Okada, he's, he's well, basically winning the A block. He's got 14 points, but then uh, Kabushi has 12. So Kabushi wins uh, on tomorrow morning. He will tie and he will win the tiebreaker. So the only people that could win the A block is Ibushi and Okada. Yeah, everyone else so, is basically eliminated. Unless they both, Okada and Ibushi's nope. match went to draws. Well, no, they didn't they have 15 nope, points. Matter. Nobody else even yeah. had 10. Oh, yeah. yeah, so there's no uh, okay. there's no mathematical way. And then for the B block, you got you got a couple ties here. I think it's uh, Naito, Moxley, <laughs> Goto, and uh, Jay White are all sitting at 10. Yeah, we'll get into it. Let's just get to our position. Yeah. So... Sonata is down to Fale. I can see this going to be either way. Sonata, I think the average is on Fale average is 8.9 points. But I think Sonata is going to be getting a future title shot. I think you keep him hot, and I think you have him with Fale here. Yeah, I, I agree. Sonata wins this one. Evil Archer, another one that can go either way. They're really pushing. Uh, they're really pushing Lance Archer here. So, but uh, Evil just came off that hot match. This is a coin flip, but I'm going to, I'm going to pick Evil. Yeah, I, I say this one could go either way, so I don't know, I'll pick I'll pick Lance Archer. Okay, me and Amber both have Evil and all of us have Sonata. Uh, so you have Lance Archer. Kenta, Zack Sabre Jr. It's another one who can go both ways, but you just beat Kenta uh, three times in a row. I think you got to get him his win back here. Uh, I think Kenta will finish with 10, so I'm going to take Kenta. But this should be a fun match. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think Kenta has to pick up a win here, finish strong. So, yeah, it should be a good match. The, the, the hard strikes of Kenta versus all Zach's crazy submissions. So, but yeah, I'm gonna say Kenta. Yeah. Speaking of really good matches, Osprey Tanahashi. I really thought this would have been for something at the point, but he got to get Tanahashi ten points. Amber disagreed to me. She thinks they're gonna just defeat Tanahashi. 
she has offspring. I know she's, you know, she's Oscar's her favorite wrestler. But I'm picking Tanahashi on this one. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, does, does Tanahashi also kind of like pass the torch a little to Will Ospreay like he did Kotobushi? Maybe, even though he's sticking around for a while. You know, he's not going nowhere. But I, I don't know. Because what? Uh, I think they're both at. Like, let me look real quick here. Osprey's at six. Tanahashi's at eight. Oh, okay. Do you get Tanahashi ten, or do you give Will Osprey the two? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Either way, flip a coin out. Uh, Will Osprey. Um. And then we go to the main event: Abushi Okada. It should be. Yeah, I think yeah. these these matches: Tanahashi and Osprey and Okada Ibushi. I think they're both gonna get five stars. I think this might be the best show of the tournament mm-hmm. uh, and really I, I mean we have we got we have to pick a Bushi win because we have winning the block so yeah. I would not be shocked if Okada wins me either I would not be shocked if Okada wins but I, I have a Bushi Aver has a Bushi are you uh, you're going to stick with the Bushi yeah I'm going to stick with the Bushi and have a win the block All right, and then it means he gets a title shot somewhere down the line too right if he yeah, beats Okada so basically if you think about it if a Bushi wins then Okada has to defend uh, between now and Wrestle Kingdom against Abushi and Sonata. Uh, Sonata. Yeah. yeah, and that so. was, let's say let's say Nara was B block, and then there's your uh, Wrestle Kingdom main event. Yeah, so we'll see. But let's go through this real quick because it's it's past eight o'clock. I gotta get okay. here. Uh, like Juice, John Moxley, obviously for John Moxley to win, he has to win. For Moxley to win the block, he's got to beat Juice. Uh, he Kushingo has to beat Goto. And Naito has to beat Jay White uh, because he heals the tiebreaker over Naito. So I think Juice is going to spoil John Moxley's run. I think either Juice is going to win or it's going to go to a time limit draw. But I don't see them doing a time limit draw uh, on, the, on one of these nights. So I'm going to say Juice wins. I'm going to go with Juice too. And then maybe that maybe that's a, a U.S. title match where the U.S. shows. Yeah, well, the rematch. Mm-hmm. You know, the rematch from when Moxley beat him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Ishii and Taichi, I just think they got to get Ishii to 10 points, uh, so I think he beats Taichi here. I agree, too. Keep Ishii strong. Cobb and Naito, I'm going to say Jeff Cobb because I just don't see Naito getting 10 points. Yeah, <laughs> maybe on a will, and Jeff, Jeff Cobb needs to win here. Shingo and Goto, I think just because Shingo played spoiler for uh, for uh, for the uh, for, um, on Ishii, I think... Uh, He's gonna play spoiler again here to uh, to, to get Goto out because Goto Goto for Goto to advance, Goto needs to beat Shingo, uh, and he needs uh, a Jay White win over Naito to hold the tiebreaker there. And I think they've already said uh, the main event is going to be Naito and Jay White, and they I did tell you how Kevin Kelly ruined it basically yeah. after Naito beat Jeff Naito beat Jeff Cobb. He said, okay, now it's a winner take all. Naito versus. Uh, Jay White and for the last match, the last yeah. match, and then Chris Shot was like, "No, this person's alive. This person." I'm like, "We just ruined it." <laughs> yeah. I think that's what they're gonna do. So I think Shingo gets the win. Yeah, I say Shingo gets the win too because that eliminates. Well, Shingo's already out, but that eliminates Goto from uh, wouldn't be. That eliminates Goto. And the fact that Goto's in there at the end, I'm, I'm thrilled. About yeah, this match should be Goto. great. This match could be five stars. Naito, Jay White for all the marbles. Amber has Jay White picked to win the block. Me and you have Naito to pick to win the block. I'm sticking with my guns. Naito, she's sticking with her guns. Jay White, what about you? I'm saying Naito too. All right, well, there we go, sir. That should be that should be a good match too. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I just don't see even if Jay White wins the block. I just don't. Then I think if Jay White wins, I don't see him winning the G one. So I think what wins the A block is is almost a guaranteed winner. Where I'm still, if they if we do have the final that we're predicting, Obushi Naito, 
don't know which way they're going to go with it. I really don't. Yeah, I, yeah, I can see go either way. Definitely. I mean, can see Kota Bushi yes, versus Okada. I mean, yes, we're getting it tomorrow, but it could be Wrestle Kingdom too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. We got to get going. If you guys need to get a hold of me on social media, Matt underscore Turner OF. Uh, hit me up. Tell me what you think about the G1 and partner. We'll tag you in and uh, you can finish this bad boy off. All right. Uh, you want to find me on Facebook? Just search for Andy Header. Same thing on Instagram. And now you can find this podcast just by searching for Calling the Power Ring. We'll be on the Apple Podcast soon. It takes a few days to uh, get on there, but we're on Anchor now. So we're on a bunch of different podcast things. Uh, you know, Spotify, uh, LinkedIn, or whatever that one is. A bunch of stuff. We're just You can find us now. And we're just calling the Power Ring. You subscribe to us. It's just us. And you get us every week. So thank you for listening. And until next week when we review all the stuff that's happening over the next five days and maybe more. We'll see you later.